Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And this is Bros Watch PLL2. And this week we're watching S7E4 Hit and Run Run Run. Is that a reference to anything? Not I don't know. I don't, it could be a song, I don't know, but yeah. Oh, the sick. hitting was already done. Now it's running or more like cover up, but you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Running for cover, yeah. This episode written by Mike Goldsmith, directed by Michael Goy. Um, he's been like a, a DP and a camera operator since like the 80s. Uh, mm. It's his first episode of PLL. He's directed a few things, only a few things previously, like some American Horror Story. He directed an episode of a show called Sexy Urban Legends. Okay, go on. Which I, I would like to hear more about this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, a lot of camera work on a lot of fucking things. Like, My Name is Earl, The Mentalist, Nine Lives of Chloe King. <laughs> oh, God, that show. Yeah. Oh. You know, at one point, me and Marco watched that show thinking maybe we could, you know, this is way back in the proto Bros Watch PLT days. We watched that thinking it, it could be a thing. And I, I think we were just out. We were like, no, no I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of ways... Freeform hasn't changed at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Apologies to anyone who worked on the Nine Lines of Chloe King. I'm sure they're all wonderful people. You know what? I've seen a lot worse pilots. (laughs) I think it was like the throwing of the basketball stuck out in my mind. Like she throws like a basketball or something, right? And it's supposed to be like superpower. It was like that she just threw a ball like that. There wasn't anything abnormal or spectacular about that. Right. Oh, I'm trying to remember the the actress on it. Oh, I think, yeah, she's the one on, like, Scream Queens now. Mm-hmm. I she, thought like, she was good. She was, like, balancing on the back of a bench. Like, it was really, like, an impressive feat. Her friend was like, whoa, what are you doing? Her, her Xander, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't the worst pilot I've ever seen. <laughs> what is the worst pilot you've ever seen? Uh, who, who could fucking say? I've seen a lot. So 100. Just throw that out there. Uh no, that was not the worst. That was by no means the worst pilot I've ever seen. I was just embarrassed watching that pilot. Anyway, this is a PLL podcast, <laughs> uh, and this is a really good episode. I don't know why we're talking about something else. Well, it's this like, episode is fantastic. I think I, a lot of the reaction I saw the last week, where people were like, "Oh shit, this is a great episode." We're probably not going to get so many great episodes for a few weeks, and it's like in your fucking face. This one's even better. Well, I mean, I. I, can we say season seven, like PLL is back? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Heather's recapping again. I, I'm starting to see like the theories, uh, you know, promulgate on, on Reddit and other places. Like people are theorizing again. They're not, it's not just like a bunch of shit posts about how the show sucks. So I, I think people are getting into it again. I didn't see the ratings. I know they've kind of sucked this year, which is too bad because I think, I think the writers kind of, found their groove again yeah season six I mean, it, just mm. you know it's it's a combination of they're paying off a lot of stuff that they set up a long time ago and it just seems like they're having a lot of fucking fun yeah yeah well and, you know i was reading heather's recap and one of the things she pointed out that she didn't like about 6b was that there was a lack of stakes 
And I think he could probably say that for all of season six in a way, because as soon as they got out of the dollhouse, it was like, let's take nine episodes to confirm that, yes, there was another De Laurentiis child that's still alive. Like, they really stretched that out when, like, you could have, like, if if uh, 6'10 was, like, 6'2, would mm-hmm. you really miss that much? Like, like I think the big comparison would be, like, in, in 6'20, they're like, oh, yeah, there's a, another De Laurentiis, you know, like, a sibling, like, older sibling, and here she is secret Jessica twin. And it was like, boom, there we're like, we're done. Like we don't need seven episodes of figuring out whether or not this is real and whether or not this person exists and who it might be. They just do it, you know? Um, yes and no. Cause I, I think you definitely needed 602, 603. Um, you needed to cut out the entire, uh, uh, I forgot her name. Mona's friend with the red hair. Oh, Leslie stone. Yeah. Leslie stone. I mean, I like Leslie, but like that didn't go anywhere, but you needed like, um, framed that episode i think just well there just, are a lot of good moments um yeah. i think you know that's one thing i think would be a, a fair criticism or podcast or bread and butter is kind of the details and so we can always kind of get into the nitty-gritty and find stuff that we really like and it's kind of like forest for the trees type situation where it's like yeah there are all this good stuff here but like if you do you really need it you know like is it worth saving that to get rid of all this other stuff that you didn't really need yeah, and I mean, to, hindsight being twenty twenty, of course, you know. And to to answer the one tweet that is probably indicative of a lot of people's thoughts, we <laughs> always give Spencer a pass. Oh yeah, it's not just because we interviewed Troy. And although I like to think that we give most of the liars a pass. Yeah, well, I mean, we've 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 said before, even though we've seen the show before, we podcast about it. Troy and or Spencer, I don't like the road you're going down. <laughs> you're scaring me here. This is dark. Still going to give her a pass. Which, why don't we start doing that right now? Yeah, we can jump in here. But just one real quick note. I think the reason this season has been so good is that there are real stakes again. It's not like uh, you there was a murder and like maybe you're sort of implicated or you feel bad about it. Like there's a, like a real stakes in this episode. Like and that kind of drives everything. Like they have something serious hanging over their head now. It's forcing them to do terrible things. Which Skin is, in the game. Yeah, that that's what this show is is good at is when you know, well, you know people doing highly questionable moral things because they're forced to. As as totally in character bonkers PLO as it was, having all the liars and their significant others sit around and vote on who might have killed <laughs> Charlotte kind of shows how arbitrary their interest in it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, so. So yeah, yeah. If, if I say stakes like 1,000 times this episode, that, that's just what's on my mind. just want to get that out there. But you're hungry? I hear you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, that and uh, Pokemon picture jokes. Mm. Let me <laughs> from, show you my Pokemon. From that notorious Sith Lord, Toby Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? That's two photos that you've made in a row that Keegan likes. I think that's pretty impressive. Or he's like, I don't know, this is like some sort of like clever revenge scheme on his part. Keegan, come on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Take your revenge that way. Everyone tweet at Keegan. Come on the podcast. Ooh, hashtag Keegan's revenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, um, we're going to open with this cool POV shot from the hole as the liars are uh, digging. I guess they're digging up a grave right now or digging a grave. Uh, there's a lot of cool like POV shots in this episode. Maybe that's like a Michael Goy thing. Mm. You think? 
maybe i'm there's a there's a nice flair to all of this and just the framing in general the blocking it's just a little more stylized i think yeah yeah like they had time to think about it um so yeah, this is basically what we saw in 701. Yeah, Spencer, Ari, and Emily digging a hole to bury the body that we now know to be Rick. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know if I can live with this. I mean, how can we bury? There has to be another way. Uh, it's a good thing they roll with shovels everywhere and like in their trunk, I guess. Uh, four, four strong. Yeah, I mean, in in Lucas's trunk. And yeah. Rollins is drunk. Maybe Rollins had him because he's gonna like kill Allie and Barrier. I don't know. But four shuffles. Yeah. <laughs> Conveniently. You never know. I might need four shovels. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we're 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 at the start of the season. Um. The Spencer. Across Spencer. The, okay, uh, they cross the pond. We call them spades. <laughs> Bang it in my mouth. It took me a really long time to think of another word for shovel. Sorry. Continue. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even drinking. Yet. Um, yeah, Spencer needs her to be stronger. Also, she's a little annoyed. And she's like, there is no other way, Emily. It was a well-thought-out plan. And when it ends up like this, it's called first-degree murder. So let's discuss that. Is it? it is it a well-thought-out plan, though? Is it first-degree murder? Is it? Um, I, I think it's a little fair to say that that line is cheating. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's more like manslaughter. I mean, I, I guess this is if you wanted to make the argument, I think you could say that a the liars are they're convinced that no one's going to believe them because they made a big stink about Rollins already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess we're kind of going to this idea that maybe Hannah accelerated, perhaps on purpose when she could have braked. Yeah, I mean, they they kind of hint at this in the episode. Um, and I, you know, the local cops have all been out for the liars, so maybe they. In their world, this is first degree murder because just no one's going to believe them or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like working backwards, is this why Hannah was the one who had to be abducted? Well, there was the storyline. That's the other thing I was thinking. Maybe the well thought out plan was their plan to catch A from six twenty. Maybe that was the plan that they're referring to, and that that they hmm. wouldn't be able to explain this without explaining the whole the whole A plan. And that they would end up making them even more guilty or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Good question. Or it could just be a, a line to put in a trailer and put in the put in the premiere to get people interested. It could be that as well. <laughs> like somebody writing Mrs. Rollins on a on a chalkboard mm-hmm. that people will <laughs> debate for almost a year strong. Oh, I want to talk about that in just a minute. But uh, so uh, yeah, Emily's Emily's not trying to hear that. So Aria. Of all people, is going to counsel Emily briefly here. She's like, look, Spencer is right. Just come on. There's a lot of sobbing. Spencer looks past the other two. Down the way there in the woods, uh, we see Allison's just like sitting on the ground, staring off into space, cars behind her. She's still got her her white, you know, mental hospital outfit on. She looks kind of just weirdly angelic. And ghostly. Yeah. Um, and so Spencer's like, what are we going to do with them? And Arya's like, she's in shock. It will wear off. So we kind of pan over to where Allison is. Just She's staring out at nothing, processing all this. Then we pan over some more. I'll just check out that diagnosis from Arya. She's in yeah. shock. It'll wear off. Yeah, Dr. Arya mm-hmm. has diagnosed you. You're going to be fine. So there's Hannah still sitting in the driver's seat of that car, staring out at that Rick-sized hole in the windshield, <laughs> frozen in that moment, kind of sort of catatonic. Still got the blood on her face. Yeah. <sighs> Perfect. The new hotness. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, a moment later, we see Spencer Ari and Emily digging still, and then someone approaches them, watches a hand, picks up a shovel, they call well, for the before, shovels. Before we get to that, uh, it cuts to like you barely see like Rick's arm, and then like some dirt covers him up, and that will, apparently will be like the last we see of this asshole. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to well, do this last. No, I think he's in. The well, yeah, yeah, whatever. Flashbacks. Um, I wanted to mention this last episode. I completely forgot. What do we think of Rick now as a character that we've had his full? experience uh i don't think we've had his full experience though haven't we i think that there's another side of the coin that they're probably going to flip in our faces let me put this way and and other names and things like that i think that the flash forward in 611 was that 611 or 610 610 610 really hurt them because everybody assumed that Rick was the mysterious he. He actually wasn't. So everybody was wrong about that. And yet they were right that he was evil. And so we had like 10 episodes of this guy just kind of being around. And everybody just like waiting for that shoe to drop. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like as soon as he turned evil, he was at least like a, you know, like a, a decent PLL villain. Mm-hmm. But like nobody bought his good side. And so like. Those episodes, like all his scenes were just like tiring. So whatever happened to Allison at the end of 602, 702, sorry, mm-hmm. um, as she's being dragged into the light. Sure. Wouldn't that be a great time to have gone into a dream sequence, which is that moment, the flash forward and what have you? I don't know how they're going to work that in now. I feel like maybe they didn't know entirely where they're going when they filmed that because um, it makes no sense now. But unfortunately, they are stuck with it. Yeah. Then again, they're also stuck with a lot of people who endlessly theorize about some British pervert mm-hmm. who never even met Allison but would want to murder her for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I was just thinking about the Rick character and how, like, right from the start, nobody bought his innocence. I mean, maybe it was just supposed to be Rand and it would have, like, I don't know, had more intrigue. But That would have been weird if Allison yeah. suddenly married Rand. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't know. I just... It was like, was there a way not to put a giant blinking neon neon sign pointing that this guy is shady enough to something? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's why you had to go with Rick, Ren's mm-hmm. little brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for a moment, this thing of grabbing the shovel, it's almost shot like it's like a horror movie, more so than usual. Then we see mm-hmm. it's Hannah just grabbing that shovel to start helping out her friends with the digging. Arya sees her, tries to stop her for her own good, and she's like, Hannah – Maybe you should just go wait in the car with Allison. And he's like, seriously, we got it. Just go sit in the car. Hannah still has that like splash of blood down the middle of her face. And she's like, no, I need to help. Okay. Because if I don't do something then, and she starts digging. And Ari's like, Hannah, if you want to, it's still not too late to go to the police. And Spencer's like, fuck that. We've been over this, Aria. Once you started splashing dirt over the corpse, I feel like. That option of going to the cops is, uh, you've removed it. I would just wonder if part of Spencer is like always wanted to be able to cover up a murder. And like now that she has an opportunity, she can't let it go by. You know, it's like she's been training her whole life for this. Well, it's like, look, officer, I'm not going to lie to you. I started to cover up this mm-hmm. murder. But I'm Spencer Hastings. That's just a habit of mine. Yeah. All my friends have gotten to kill someone, even Arya. 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 Arya's like, that's right. Arya's like, I did? 
Who? I don't remember that. That wasn't me. That was Anita. Yeah. And Ezra's like, you just got to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Check out the scar. So Arya's just like, I know. And I still don't know why we can't tell him exactly what happened. And Lee's like, Elliot hurt Hannah, abducted Allie, and and Arya's like, and the car didn't stop in time. So yeah, that was another thing that made me think, you know, Elliot hurting Hannah. Like they're including that in like the story they would have to explain or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway, Arya says, he ran across the street and the car didn't stop. They were kind of yelling over each other. And he says, no one's going to believe us and we have every reason in the world to have wanted him dead. Uh, And so Arya's like, we need to tell the truth. And Spencer's like, yeah, what truth is that? The one where Hannah doesn't know the right pedal from the left? And Hannah kind of glares at Spencer, just like, ouch, what the fuck, bitch? Yeah, uh, tempers are, they're hot. And Emily's trying to calm everyone down now, be the peacemaker. And Emily says, everyone just take a breath, okay? Freaking out is not going to help any of us. Spencer says, we have one choice here, and it's to make it look like Rollins skipped down. It's the only choice. Uh, and Ari says, and why is anyone going to believe that? And Spencer says, because he was a dirtbag. <laughs> More or less true. So they keep digging. I wanted her to, like, tap his corpse with the shovel <laughs> because she says that for a fact. <laughs> just, like, kick him, yeah. Uh, and then he says, look, all we need to do is cover our tracks. And Ari's like, yeah, is that all? Spencer says, we should be good at it by now. We've had a lot of practice. And then Arya stops and looks back at Allie, who's just sitting there in her spot in the dirt, looking kind of serene and darkly angelic. And Arya says, look, if this is going to work, we've got to go get, go, uh, got to get her back to Wellby before anyone notices she's missing. Spencer's like, what if they already have? And Emily says, no, at night, the nurses don't check the patients until they're called. Fort Knox, sir. Yeah, really. That tight. I mean, is it possible that Welby has like a worse security setup than, than Radley? Bradley? Yeah. yeah, seriously. I mean, granted, she was good at it, but I mean, Mona had to work a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> to sneak people in and out of there. She's like, literally, all the doors are propped open here. <laughs> it's not even fun. Uh, so yeah, where are we, uh, Spencer says, what if they already have? And he says, no, at night, the nurses don't check until the patients are called. And then Ari says, they won't need a call. They'll hear us from a mile away with all the shattered glass we're trailing. <laughs> uh, so we see in the background, Allie has arisen. She's drifting towards the girls. And Spencer says, no, we have to leave Lucas's car here. And Ari's like, well, how do we even get to Welby? Uh, it's not like we can just knock on the front door. So, yeah, well, then walking towards them, the Phantom-esque woman in white from the old ghost stories, there's Allison. Spencer, Emily, and Arya stop and watch her. Hannah keeps pushing shovel in the dirt like a zombie, not noticing her right away. Allison then... She looks like a ghost. Yeah, Allie looks like a ghost. She drops to her knees, like, beside what is now Rick's grave, bisecting the group, leaving Spencer and Emily that half on the left, the Arya and Hannah side on the right. They all watch her. And, like, for a moment there, you're like, oh, shit. Anything could happen here. This is so weird. Well, for a moment, it seems like she, maybe she's like forlorn or distraught, yeah, and they're all going to be like, oh, this is awkward, you know? They're yeah, all like kind of glancing at each other. Follow the house of Usher here. Yeah, she mm-hmm. plunges her hand into like, the dirt of Rick's fresh grave, and like she's probing around for something, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to pull his heart out of there. Eat it. Um, the liars all share eye chatter like, can you believe this bitch? And like, this is the hardcore slash hottest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then Allison pulls her hand back out, now holding like Rick's dirty Welby ID badge or pass. And Allison says with this grit that Sarah Connor would be jealous of, you're going to need this. <laughs> Holy shit. It's seasons one through five, Allie. Where have you been? Yeah, she's back. 
as badass as ever. It's great delivery by Sasha Matursa. It's so like just hard edged and weary. It's like, you're going to need this. She's like, shit, I just woke up from a five year dream. I need some fucking coffee. <laughs> and that's just like, boom, credits. She don't take cream or sugar. She puts uh, the blood of the patriarchy in her coffee. It's already over Rick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Consider this a divorce. Oh, they should have said that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, later it's uh, liars are all piled into Rick's Mercedes. Oh, Allison, of course, is the shusher this week. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she earned it with that that opening. Once again, they're saving Aria for the hammer. Yeah. Mm, as they should. So, yeah, Spencer's driving Rick's Mercedes. Emily's navigating the passenger seat. Everyone else is in the back driving very fast. And Emily's looking through Rick's phone, and she's like, there's nothing in nothing weird in here other than the fact that there's nothing weird in here. So does I, I feel like we, we don't get an answer one way or the other on, did Allie send that, like, SOS text? No, no. It what seems like it would have come up here, yeah, but it doesn't. I guess they, it's still, it's still out there if they want it. But I feel like lack of confirmation that she didn't suggest that she did. You know, yeah. Like unless they say otherwise, I guess that's just what we're going with. Yeah, I guess they, you know, it seems like they should address it soon if it was going to be a thing at all. Well, I mean, you know, we'll get to it. But of the credit card thing alone, if nothing else, they've trained viewers to be. Suspicious of the mm-hmm. demons. Yeah. Um, Arya says, no, that's not possible. And he says, as far as I can tell, the guy never even used an emoji. Hmm. Spencer says, well, he probably just deleted everything once he realized that we were onto him. And it's like, not even the little smiley face poop one? He didn't even <laughs> use that one? Who is this monster? And uh, so he starts to put the phone away, but then this is kind of like Alarn Spencer, who's like, whoa, 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 wipe it down first. And she reaches into her pocket and pulls out a little handy wipe and gives one to Emily. And she says, you know, y'all used to make fun of me for carrying these around, but now who's the up? Who, now who's an uptight nerd? And Emily says, you, still you. <laughs> well, it's like Emily doesn't usually get to be that sassy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she starts wiping down the phone with Spencer's wet wipes. Um, and Arya's like, so I'll just text you guys when I'm inside? And Spencer's like, no, only after you've already left. Because if I get to the train station too early, it'll screw up our whole timeline. Emily's like, his timeline. Arya's like, same thing. So Allison's just like listening to this in the backseat the whole time. Well, it's a funny parallel because Allie faked her death once. And now they're faking that Rick is still alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, it's just like, this is goddamn surreal. And Spencer's <laughs> like, yeah, and by the time the police realize that he's missing and they start tracking his phone, he'll be halfway to Delaware. At least his jacket will be. So, like, just hearing this is, like, bringing the gravity of it all down on Hannah. And she's just like, God. And Arya's like, Hannah, what's wrong? Because the plane has crashed what's wrong? the goddamn mountain, Arya. Uh, I mean, besides the obvious, what's wrong? Yeah. Hannah's like... What do you mean what's wrong? I mean, what what are we doing? We're never going to get away with this. And Emily's like, okay, don't say that. And Hannah's like, who else is going to say it, Emily? And Arya's like, we've thought of everything. <laughs> and Hannah's like, nobody thinks of everything. Okay, I'm going to jail. I'm 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 going to jail. I, I'm I'm going to jail for for it. And Arya's like, vehicular manslaughter? And Hannah's like, yeah, vehicular manslaughter. This is a sitcom. God, we're never going to be able to pull this off. I mean, there's way too many things that could screw us up. We've probably already done 50 things wrong by now. She's hysterical. It's tragic. It's also a little funny. It's a little Chandler Bing. 
Well, it's also totally true. Like, I don't. Could I be going to jail any more than I am? I mean, just by going to the crime scene with cell phones, like, yeah, yeah, cop, just be like, cops would be like, "Oh, that's weird. Why were you near the cell tower at this time?" You know, yeah, um, or oh, we we pulled like Rin's cell phone record and he texted you. I mean, there's all sorts of shit that could get them in trouble if Rosewood had real cops. I just, I, not to nitpick, you said Ren. We want to clarify that it's Rick because otherwise we're going to get 50 emails. Uh, you said Ren. Just, you know, just imagining what could have been. I'm a Renist. Does anyone watch Hand of God? Sorry. <sighs> Spencer says, Hannah, please stop, okay? You're not the only person who buried a body back there. And it was awesome. Uh, so Emily's got to step in again. She's like, guys, if we can just stay calm and stick to the plan, we'll be fine, okay? This is about containment right now, and everyone knows about Rollins. Everyone who knows about Rollins is sitting in this car. Uh, are they? Uh, Hannah doesn't seem so sure. We can kind of see her mind racing through the variables as the scene ends. I really wanted Emily to say, the only one who can fuck, us, fuck this up right now is us. I would like that exact line reading from Emily. But yeah, we kind of pan across the faces of the ladies in the backseat as they deal with this. Allison, nonplussed. Aria, usual level of quirky, adorable paranoia. Hannah, apocalyptical existential terror. <laughs> but it's, oh God, it's like there's, it's like Maya Goldsmith just kind of like a DJ mixed in a little bit of like Three's Company aspects of this. Well, I think what makes it good is that they just buried a body. So like you can get away having fun because there's a, there's a contrast. You I'm know? kind of a, yeah, I'm kind well, I mean, because when emotions are running that, that insane, I'm mm-hmm. sure you kind of bounce back and forth and you get punchy and you get weird. But uh, I'm kind of surprised that someone hasn't like done a, an edit where they put like a laugh track on PLL. <laughs> yes. Vehicular manslaughter. Ha <laughs> Jenna walks in, pause for applause. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. So then we're going to cut to perhaps one other person who knows that something is up with Rollins. Mm-hmm. It's Toby Cavanaugh, who's apparently gone into the police station to burn the midnight oil and traces Rollins' lead a little further. I mean, poor Yvonne. She's in her sexy 90s. She's still waiting in that trailer. So did he have sex and leave? Or he was just, he just like, sorry, babe, work called. Well, they, judging they, by the text he gets, I'm going to say no. Because uh, he's flipping through some papers, he's looking at Rollins' like profile on Welby's website here, and his phone vibrates, and we see he has ten messages from the PLL props department, <laughs> saying he he grabbed the wrong phone. One of uh, one of our props has escaped. Oh shit! It's gained sentience. <laughs> oh shit! It's become a character on the show. Um, oh yeah, it's a text from Yvonne here. It says, "Hey." You coming home soon? And uh, I just want to point out there are two spaces after the period and hey, which just who is this monster? I mean, that's a deal breaker. She's and a text that's horrible. She's uh, and I mean, like she's basically like, hey, hey, Toby, the plane is ready for fucking takeoff. Where are you? And Toby kind of furrows his brow because you know, all love must come secondary, secondary to his true mistress, Justice. Uh, he types a response, sorry, baby, it's going to be a long night. He also puts two spaces that there's period, and that's just driving me insane. Or is this why they're they're OTP? I guess this is why they're soulmates. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there's kind of two schools of, you know, accepted grammatical correctness on this. One of them is one space after a period, and the other is wrong. Hmm. Um, 
So yeah, he he pauses before centering, pondering what this will mean. Then he unleashes it into the ones and zeros of the world. Justice. They should have um, done that uh, that binary texting montage right there. Didn't we joke in the roundtable with Jake and Heather that they should do that from now on? Like every text should require like a two minute montage. But, but especially right here with like some electric guitarists. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, so he's going to go back to just contemplating Rollins' bio. Well, there's, like, hmm, he's there's, dead, but he's here. There's two forms of, like, police work in, in Rosewood. One is just baldly accusing, like, the wrong person. <laughs> Shaking hounding, down the liars. Yeah. And hounding them down for months and seasons. The other is just a lot of, like, Google work. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like Holbrook. Pretty sure something fishy's going on. Just going to hit up the Google on the as this Ezra Fitz character. <laughs> They're not even using like the police database. They just start googling. Yep, or XT Surin. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the the bread right of the bathroom in Spencer's barn. We see this hand wipe over the fog mirror, making some squeaky sounds. Amongst the haze, there we see the face of the freshly showered Hannah Mare, and she contemplates her her own visage there in the mirror and starts to straighten her hair, you know, trying to become normal. Somehow has uh, flawless makeup on, even though she just got out of the shower. Yeah, a lot of people notice her nails. Um, and she Although does, she- I, I do have to say, like, side note, even the makeup is better in season seven. Like, I don't know what it is, but they, the show just, like, kicked it back up a notch. Yeah. As she does, she feels something there in the tangle of her hair towards the front of her hairline. She feels around, then turns away from the mirror, like, facing us more Pulls like basically whatever this thing is, which is a bloody like shard of glass from the windshield that was just Liter- embedded in her hair. Literally glass in her hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good size glass. So with some Hannah face, some big time Hannah face. She throws it down, which we use as a nice fluid cut to elsewhere in the barn or Spencer's clean up the floor and like throwing away yet another filthy, like dirty tissue into the waste basket, basket well, which well, already has quite a few in there. Yeah, we're also getting like some classic PLL score in the background there. She's like tossing that shard of glass away. Yeah, and Spencer's trying to clean up the muddy floor of her barn with like towels and a spray bottle. Emily is doing her best to just track dirt everywhere. She keeps walking back and forth over the dirt and these like very chic little high heel booties there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Emily's just like, his car is a mess. It's going to take you forever to clean everything up. And Spencer says, if you want to help, then stop pacing. You're tracking mud everywhere. And so in response to this, Emily goes and walks right into the middle of the dirt and just stands there like she's taunting Spencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, maybe I should give him a call. Tell him I'm going to be late for my shift. And Spencer's like, no, nothing can seem out of the ordinary. I'll meet you right after I'm done here. There is a little bit of everyone kind of pushing each other a little bit as a way of just kind of feeling out their own boundaries and mm-hmm. dealing with how frustrated they are. Well, also, like, if you really wanted to be ordinary, Emily, you show up a half hour late and then you leave 10 minutes later and you just tell a random customer to cover for you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Didn't what? What? She fucking, worked earlier in the day. What fucking time is it? She already worked the shift today. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like nine. Well, like, if it was like an early sundown, I don't know. We'll get into it. But she also, like, doesn't work very long when she goes into work. <laughs> No, she just shows up and works for an hour. Yeah. Anyway, Spencer's scrubbing with her paper towels in both hands, and she kind of pauses to reflect on them with regret. And she's like, oh, God, if Mr. Mazzari could see me right now, I would totally have gotten the part in Lady Macbeth. Hmm. And Spencer is born to be a Lady Macbeth. How did she not get it? I don't know. Maybe she just scared them too much. The guy is just like, uh, listen. Spencer, you're a good kid. You might even make a good thespian someday. 
Um, when you say there's a spot, I'm just not feeling it. So what I want you to do is just go live some regrets. Eventually, I don't know, help murder someone, cover it up, then come back. You can always audition with me then. <laughs> Would that make Toby Macbeth? Oh, jeez. I am. If this was in high school, I don't know. I am obviously a Macduff. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. No, I won't do the whole thing. Double, double, toil and trouble. Uh, so Spencer says, oh no, Spencer doesn't say. Emily says, she kind of turns away from Spencer and says, how does it feel to be clean? And then out walks Hannah in a bathrobe from like behind a wall. She says, I wouldn't know. So walked right into that one, Emily. Uh, so Emily just takes off and Hannah's watching Spencer clean. And it's kind of, there's an awkward silence. Spencer's very purposely like focused on the floor, ignoring Hannah. And Hannah says, Spencer, I can help you with that. Spencer's like, no, I got it. And Hannah's like, you're bleeding. Spencer stops. She's kind of surprised. She looks up and sees where Hannah's looking at and looks at the back of her arm kind of on her tricep. There's like a smear of dried blood there. And Spencer's just like, it's not mine. God, what a badass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is that your blood? Some of it, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's just like a bit of ice in her voice as she tells Hannah this. And then she just goes back. Like a little bit of like meanness. You know, it's not mine. Uh, Hannah felt that as Spencer goes back to scrubbing. And so Hannah's like, Spence, can we please just move forward? I swear that I wasn't. And they're interrupted because then the front door kind of jolts open. And it's stopped by the little chain there. Spencer scrambles away and kind of hides behind the door. Hannah ducks behind a wall there, and it's Caleb at the door. He's looking in through the gap, chains holding him back, and uh, this is officially the worst fucking time for him to show up. This is also the greatest fucking scene. The the blocking is amazing. Yeah, this is definitely a top five scene in the show. Um, I mean, this scene, that w- what we get here is just like this masterpiece of agony. Like, Everybody, all three of the characters in the scene are lighting themselves on fire for someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and just the the way that, you know, if it was just the couple alone, it's bad enough. But having a witness to mm-hmm. one half of it, of all the various dynamics at play, <laughs> like this, oh, man, it hurts. But it's like, at the same time, you have to wonder, like, at some point in the writer's room, when they were like, what if Spencer and Caleb got together? Like, was this what they were always planning? I don't know. I mean, could you plan to get to get to here? I don't know. Well, let's let's jump in. Um, I want to do most of this without interrupting, but let's get through a little bit here. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Caleb facing the facing the door slit. He's just like Spencer, Spencer, Spencer. I know you're in there. And Hannah's kind of creeping around behind the bookshelf and Spencer kind of shoots her this like very pained, guilty look like just, you know, fuck, this is horrible. Also, don't say anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I, I, I guess I feel like Spencer well, not never. Yet. Not yet. She doesn't I, say that. Yeah. Uh, as Hannah just leans against the wall, she's silent, but you can tell she's kind of resentful and probably just wants to melt into the floor right now because this is super awkward. Yeah. And Caleb says, if I have to break open a window just to make sure you're okay, I swear to God, I. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, and so we've got Caleb. He's at the door. He can't see Spencer. He's just kind of like talking through the, the crack. And Spencer's right behind it. And then Hannah's tucked into a wall in the back. There's all these great angles to get like all three of their reactions in one scene. Mm. And then just a lot of cutting between. Um, I think like rather than like try to describe each moment, let's just do the scene. And just kind of picture Caleb is pleading. 
Anna's crying silently and she's just listening to Caleb pine away for someone I mean, else. This is like Hamlet shit, you know, where people are, are secretly listening. Anyway, so. Yeah. Well, because Spencer is just completely gutted because she starts to hear exactly what she wants to hear at the worst possible time. And she can't respond the way she wants to. Well, also, I should point out, uh, well, we'll get to it at the end. Um, yeah, so can you let me in, please? I can't really do this right now. So he's like crossing the door. He's like, well, I, I, I want to talk to you. Come on, Spence. This is stupid. Can, can I just call you tomorrow? I'll call you first thing in the morning. She shuts shut the door. And he well, that's what I'm saying. Just let's just do okay. dialogue. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Look, I'm an idiot, okay? Everything came out wrong earlier. The What happened to Hannah, it was like this, this wound that I worked so hard to heal. Okay, Caleb, I really can't hear this right now. It was confusing, but that's all it was. It was a moment of confusion. I'm begging you, just leave. Okay, just re- re- remember, remember my first summer in D.C., you and I just started hanging out a lot. And this one night we met for a beer. Well, I, I had just gotten a job offer in San Francisco, and we were having such a good time that I decided to wait and tell you, and I, I was moving to after our drink. Um, but then you noticed that they were playing Bringing Up Baby at the New Waverly. Do you remember? Spencer clearly remembers this, but says nothing. Afterward, I walked you to your apartment so I could tell you about my job. And there was this violinist playing on Canyon. So we sat in the stoop for a minute to listen. I thought, <laughs> just like rushing through it. Why Sorry. were we in the moment? And when we finally got to your door, I started to tell you about my job. But you were so distracted looking for your keys. And I couldn't stop staring at that little cleft in your chin. Thinking about how I wanted to trace it with my finger and kiss you. And so I never told you about the job. And I called him the next day and I told him I didn't want it. Do you remember that night? Yeah, of course I remember that night. That was one of the best. Tears. Can you please just open the door so we can talk? Caleb, I really want to, but I just need more time. And so he leaves. Oh, it's just so excruciating. Just like the constant back and forth, like the more Hannah hears, the more she's just destroyed. Because she obviously still has feelings. I mean, she's just silently crying the whole time. Oh, and, and no matter what she says to Spencer, confirmation right here. Like, it wouldn't hurt Hannah this much. Although, I don't even know Spencer notices. I she's, I, she's I looking Spencer, away the whole time. But I think Spencer doesn't have to see Hannah to know the effects it's having on Hannah. Oh, this is, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is going to have an effect on someone no matter what. Um, but so one thing that I noticed online, and I, I would just throw my take on a lot of this too – it's not just the issues with Spencer and Caleb. It's not just the issues with Hannah and Caleb. And it's not just the issues of Spencer and Hannah. One of the key components here is Spencer's relationship with herself. I think part of this is is because Spencer, you know, she's her own worst enemy in a lot of ways. If you go back to like the initial Dark Spencer saga, part of her has got to also be thinking like – this is the kind of person I am. This is kind of the shit that I, I I bring in, you know. And granted, Caleb's probably the one person, more so than Ezra, I think, that you could tell, guess what we did tonight? We buried a body. Yeah, you know? but just, just by telling him that, you're you're putting someone, you know, this isn't just like covering up a vandalism or like the other right. shit they get up to. This is fucking murder. But I mean, she will she will always put herself in the line of fire over one of her friends. And it's like, She's doing that for Hannah. She's also, in a way, doing that for Caleb. I feel like part of her thinks that maybe she's sparing him having a girlfriend who gets in these kind of mix-ups mm-hmm. a little bit. Could be. I feel like it's more about sparing him 
of just the the whole criminal situation in general. I don't know. I mean, the scene was just excruciating to watch, but in in a good way. Yeah. Um, I mean, this scene is so good. My friend who usually just complains about PLL, he stopped and rewound and watched the scene three times before moving on the episode. Like, that's how good it was. Uh, I mean, Kayla's just, he's pouring his heart out. Spencer, she starts out, she just wants to get rid of him because it's like, she's got to protect her secret. She wants to spare Hannah. But his words start actually working when he tells that story about, you know, DC and the job and all that. You can see it start to work on her, which only makes everything like so much worse. Yeah. You know, and then Hannah's in the background, just like hearing her former lover, just going all in for someone else. Yeah, uh, and all three of them crushed this. I mean, this is probably the best Tyler, Ashley, and Troy have ever been on the show. Well, and 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 not just going all in for someone else, but talking about that thing that happened yeah. was a mistake. And she's clearly like, well, see, not I think, deep down feeling that way. I think it wasn't hearing about that that gutted her as much as hearing Caleb share this really personal story, this romantic yeah, yeah, story. Yeah. And that, I think, has to hurt way more. Um, I mean, well, I Ashley Benson is so good in this scene. She doesn't even have any dialogue, just yeah. her reaction alone. She's totally killing it. Well, I think I think it's got to hurt her too because they've, they've obviously had this connection going back years, Spencer and Caleb, this one-on-one connection. Mm-hmm. And yet nothing really like cheating, like physically happened. You know what I mean? There's no actions taken Nothing that would, you know, cross the girl code. Now Hannah's got to also feel guilty on top of everything because she was the one who not just kissed Caleb, but like kind of pursued that moment there in the Lost Woods. Oh, all the emotions are totally tore up. Yeah. I mean, it's just a blender of like like shit happening and a cocktail of great drama. And really, she's not going to get a fucking Emmy for this. So it's like, who do we have to go steal an Emmy from? Every, deliver to Troyan. Every year when the Emmys come out, I'm like really mad for five seconds. And I'm like, wait a minute. The Emmys are all as fucking stupid. Why do I care? You know, I mean, it means something. And yet at the same time, it's, it's dumb. Um, and then I'm always amazed because like, I believe Jillian Anderson won at least one or two for the X-Files. And it's not that I don't think that she deserved them. I'm just amazed that a show like the X-Files ever got nominated I, for a I, performance I, award. Not even worth discussing in my opinion just it's all like you know, hollywood politics and shit yeah um but yeah just i mean the look that troy gives caleb or the door the look that she gives the door when caleb's like starts to break through defenses there mm-hmm. it's just devastating it's like this like mixture of like happiness and just horror mm-hmm. because this is the worst possible thing he could do right now uh and it's just agonizing i mean there's, and, and there's, by doing the right thing yeah and I mean, there's real emotional stakes here like you, you really don't know how this is going to play out. Uh, it's not just like this, like happy drama free end game bullshit that some people seem to want. Yeah. Like what happens here is changing the way things are going to be between all of them right now. Um, and, you know, we always wondered, you know, would they ever do a love triangle? Cause that's not really like what the liars are about. I think when love triangles go wrong, it usually kind of just comes off as some soapy bullshit and like watching two people fight over another person. It's a little unseemly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you do it right, it's just like an emotional car crash. Yeah. Um, and I think this only works because they've never done it before. Like you can't do, you can't get away with having like love triangles left and right and have an impact like this. You really, you can only, you know, fire this one off once. Well, and, and the closest they've gotten to this before has really been like Aria bullshit. And and that's just like Aria has so many boyfriends bullshit. Yeah. yeah it's not, it's never this impact. Or I mean, Emily and like, Page and 
who was it? Samara, but like not really. But yeah. that's still it's not two liars. You know, that's I think True. the big difference there. Well, just in general, it's just, it also just didn't have that impact. Um, yeah, so I'd like to point out before we get to it later on, she does say like things in the affirmative, like put a pin in it for now. I, I want to let you in. I need more time. Like she's not. I, I'm saying, sure Caleb is totally hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, he's ugh, fucking Caleb. Um, no, no. Yeah. I mean, like. I think it's Caleb poured his fucking heart out. This is what I was saying in the last episode where like Caleb has to do more than you're sexy as hell. Like this was him going all the way. Like, Oh yeah. 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 This is what he should have done earlier. Like he, yeah. like he acknowledges everything came out wrong, but for Caleb's actions later on, like I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like I don't want to give Caleb the benefit of the doubt cause he hasn't quite earned it in the past few episodes, but like did Caleb get kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't know, it doesn't seem that out of character for me. Like he he put it out there, and she basically, you know, denied. And so, in his mind, he might just be thinking she needs space. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, end of the scene. Spencer's just sobbing into her filthy hands. Hannah's behind. Door, yeah. yeah, Hannah's behind her. Not really sure what to do, keeping her distance. And finally, she's like, "Spence, maybe you should." And Spencer's like, "Please don't." She's. She's crumbling, and mm-hmm. a person is witnessing this, which has got to be even well. Like the, and, and Spencer both gotten to witness this, you know. I mean, and it's a person she deeply cares about, and it's not just, it's not just that like Hannah took something from her or touched something very precious to her that she she feels bad for Hannah and all. Oh, of this. they all feel horrible. Like I said, they're all lighting themselves on fire for yeah. someone else. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's a treat. So, so Well, just out of nowhere, too. You know, like, I know people are, like, annoyed with, like, the Spale of Hail drama, and suddenly they're just like, boom, here's a top five all-time PL Hall scene. Yeah. How yeah. do you like it now? Mike Goldsmith just ripping hearts out. Yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, somewhere at Welby, we see... <laughs> in Arya, the more lighthearted plotline, yeah. <laughs> back in the sitcom world, Ari uses Rick's security pass in Welby, like, some security thing goes from red to green. Doors unlocked. Ari heads through with Allison in tow. There's like an empty nurse's station up ahead. Aria leads Allison behind like a really tall rolling cart of supplies. And she says to Allison, we're here, okay? And Allison's like, okay. And then Allison's like, Aria. And Aria's like, what? Allison, whatever it was you're going to say, she abandons that. And she's like, nothing. Just just make sure you check the admitting area too, okay? And Aria nods. <laughs> and the bedroom. Yeah. So then like she goes down behind the cart, peeks around the corner, staring like down another short hallway. Much it's like- funny because it's all the same set. Well, yeah, I was like, much like Radley, none of these hallways make sense because it's just like putting the camera in a different angle and having it be something else. Mm-hmm. So just in time, to, she sees the back of a nurse. She's heading through one of those opaque frosted window doors. Sorry, it's like, the coast is clear. So she goes back to like collect her friend. She doesn't and actually I, say that, but yeah. Yeah, she, she mm-hmm. might as well. Coast is clear. Um, and Arya is like, Allison, but Allison is gone. Of course she is. Shady Alley, it's so nice to have you back, but this means more mo- mo problems for Arya now. And she lost. She lost Sally in the psych ward. And Ari's what to like, do? This is not even the first time in my life that I've broken into a mental hospital in the dark of night, <laughs> and then lost the person. Yeah, not even the first time, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the commercial, we're in the Radley Hotel bar. We've left one magical Spencer scene and like crashed into another. Uh, Spencer's at the bar, nursing a drink. Ellie's behind the bar in her suspenders, um, nursing a martini. 
Uh, Spencer isn't a doomed romance with this martini and its accoutrements. Um, so she's like, can I have some more olives before you punch out? And Emily gives like a small dish of olives. Emily's all business. Want to want to make sure Spencer's all on board here. And she's well, just sometimes like, the tulpa has to look after the master, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a good diagnosis for any. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, split personality situation. So Emily's like, as soon as we get Arya's text, you. So she's like, I drive Rollins's car to the train station. I use his credit card to purchase an eleven fifty seven one way eastbound. As soon as the train pulls up the station, I will step on. I will leave his jacket of his cell phone in the pocket of the seat. I step off. Well, and the best part of that is she's chewing on all of the whole time she's talking. Yeah. <laughs> There's like no fucks to give. Well, I, I'm sure Troyan had to ingest like 95,000 olives for this for this. Yeah, I know. Scene. I wonder how that went down. But basically, their plan is double indemnity. It's the plot of double indemnity. <laughs> well, I mean, this has been done a few times. Yeah. And yeah. Emily says, right. And while you're doing that, I'll be at Allison's house packing up Rollins' stuff into an overnight bag, making it, making it look like he left in a hurry. So, you know, plant the phone at the train station so they can eventually trace it down, I guess, and then make it look like he left by packing a bag. Uh, I mean, I feel like Mona really adds the touches that make it work. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get to, of course. So Spencer just stabs at her olives with her little like uh, toothpick there, and she's sipping her drink, and Emily kind of nervously checks her phone. She's like, what is taking Arya so long? She should be done by now. And then Spencer's phone chimes, and she kind of checks it and puts it back down with a sigh, and Spencer's like, it's Hannah. Wondering if we should call Arya. And Emily says, just tell Hannah to hang tight. And she's kind of watching Spencer, she says this, who's, like, not making any move to do so. Uh, and Spencer's whole vibe in these next few scenes, it's like, it's not so much dark Spencer, it's evil Spencer. This is this is who Spencer becomes when she's been this wounded. Some people online were really mad at Spencer after this episode. They're just like, I hate Spencer. Which, I don't know, I mean, I guess you know I can what? see if you're a Halib shipper, how you might be upset. I mean, it's obvious Spencer's in a bad place here, but I think that that's the great thing about this show is that the liars, they're not perfect. They're not necessarily good people. And I think when the show's at its best, it really explores that idea and sees where it leads. Like, they're not just going to wrap them all up in moral superiority constantly. Well, I mean, you know, this show especially, you bring your own lens to it. But if you... First of all, I've never seen the show before. Maybe you could see like Spencer as something to be really upset with here, but because you don't get her character. But I'm I'm kind of envious of people who haven't ever been hurt enough <laughs> to understand where Spencer's coming from. I just here. haven't ever been 23. Um, yeah, Ooh. I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it just makes them so much more interesting as characters to see them in situations like this. Like, I only feel frustrated if I feel like a character is acting abnormal. Like Allie in season six, it was like, who is this? Whereas, like, Spencer well, losing control and getting drunk, that seems very in keeping with her character. You know, against, against my, my, my better judgment, I really do like The Flash, the show currently. <laughs> but that is a show that constantly has the characters act unlike yeah. themselves for the sake of the plot to the point where it is maddening. I mean, this like, is the Spencer who dumps her dive for pills. I mean, let's remember who we're talking about here. Spencer cheats on every one of her boyfriends. Well, the the one of the best moments of Spencer is is hallucinating her friends or imagining her friends to mm-hmm. confess her sins and then having a ghostly moonlight dance with her <laughs> dead friend to a song. Yeah, so I don't think it's out of character. We know she has an addictive personality. But also and- talking about how she's asking how regrets and the idea of sexuality or romance kind of intermingles with Spencer, mm-hmm. especially as we get into this scene. Um, so yeah. Uh, Emily's like, just tell Hannah to hang tight. She watches Spencer, who, not rushing to do that, 
uh, seems to be thinking something entirely different and a tad more sinister. So Emily's going to try to get Spencer centered and back on the program here again. And she's just like, look, I know things are a little rocky for you and Kayla, but you can't blame Hannah. It's such a hole in your drink. She's like, she kissed him, M, recently. <laughs> and there's like a relish to the way she says recently. And Emily's just like, fuck. Well, this is <laughs> Not the, what I need right now, ladies. This is a little bit of the pity party beginning here. Yeah. And Emily's like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. And Spencer's just very coolly sipping her drink here. And Emily says, just remember, being back here, we've all fallen into old patterns, okay? This night, this entire night is proof of that. Old patterns! Yeah. Spencer says, I get it, okay? I know it's not always easy with an ex. I mean, when I saw Yvonne's ring, I just, in a very long pause, and she's like wrestling with the different emotions here. She says, you know, even if you're happy for the person, there's just this like dull ache. But I gave Hannah years to figure out if she wanted him back or not. And he's like, maybe it has nothing to do with Hannah, okay? Maybe the timing was off. And Spencer says, I don't understand when people say that. What is timing? Timing is for figure skaters and comedians. You either love someone or you don't. And Emily's just like gathering up her shit like, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Yeah. And she's, she's like, are you coming? So just like, no. Might as well strengthen my alibi being the sad girl at the end of the bar. And Emily's just at an annoyed loss. Mm-hmm. She's just like, okay, well, I don't know what to say. So uh, good luck. Break a leg. And Spencer brings that all up to her mouth and just lingers over that fatal event that she has before. And she says, how about knock him dead? It's full of evil scorn. Yeah, how about knock him dead? And Emily's just like, yeah, I'm out of here. Have fun spiraling. Uh, she <laughs> she bounces. Like, dark. Yeah. Lee Spencer to wallow in her misery here. Um, so, I, you know, I guess, you know, she can build an alibi here by staying here. I feel like their their overall cover-up plan of, like, you know, the train and all that, it's solid except for in a world where there's surveillance cameras. Yeah, yeah. Like, it gets blown super easy. Like, oh, there's Spencer Hastings on film buying the ticket. That's suspicious. You know? Yeah, exactly. I, I guess they're just counting on the incompetence of Rosewood PD. <laughs> But I'll be wearing his jacket. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, oh, wouldn't it be so great if she put on like a fedora and like always kept her head dipped so the camera couldn't see her head? <laughs> Rick likes to wear fedoras. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing like a trilby or something. Uh, so back to Welby, tiny little Aria. She's moving around through the dark and empty hallway looking for Allie. And it's a cool shot here using a reflection and some glass to kind of make this set seem bigger than it is as she's wandering around. Well, also, the uh, the dual nature of Ari Montgomery. Sure, sure. Yeah, a lot of mirrors in this episode. Uh, so she hears somebody coming, and she runs and ducks over behind this cart that has, like, a sheet over it. And we get, like, a POV shot from her watching somebody walk by in some kind of, like, white nurse-type, you know, stride-right shoes or whatever there. And uh, once a nurse passes, Ari stands up. She looks around. At first, she sees no one. And then she spots, like, a nurse heading into the stairwell. Nurse didn't see her. Uh, so for some reason, Arya's like, oh, I'm going to follow this nurse. Does she think she's invisible? I, I don't know. Like, is she like, oh, you know what? I just remembered I'm the omnipotent narrator of this tale. So mm-hmm. therefore, I'm granted access to all of its dark corners. There's no consequences for me. Mm-hmm. Now she's got to catch that Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. So in, into the stairwell, stairwell she goes. The nurse is heading up the stairs. And then Arya pops out into that same stairwell. She's going to follow her. She's like 
12 feet behind her or something. Yeah. She's like really close. Well, and, you're in a stairwell, which is nothing but echoes. I know. And then she hears, already hears a noise down below. And so she stops and looks and, oh, there's, there's a alley who's like actually hiding like in the bottom of the stairwell. Like, what were you yeah. going to do, Arya? Just follow her? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Arya stops and goes back. Allie behind a laundry cart there. And Arya's just like, Allison? And Allie's just kind of sitting up against the wall, looking miserable. So Arya comes over, and, and Allison's like, I thought I could go back in there, but I can't. So it's time for a peck talk. Yeah, she's like, I know this is difficult, but no one is going to hurt you here. Rollins is gone. If you don't go back up there, it's not just you and me. Everyone is counting on us. And Allison's like, you promise you'll come back for me? And Arya's like, eh. Scene, 4.57 a.m. No, she's like, I promise. Um, That's pretty bold for Allie to let herself get put back into a psych ward. I don't know if I would do the same. Well. Especially not on Arya's promise. Like, what if Ezra comes back? Yeah. And Arya just, like, forgets. And, well, like, three and months Ezra, later, she's like, oh, shit. Ezra comes back, and he's like, Darling, I found a hashtag in the way here. PLO proposal. That's three uh, episodes right there. And poor Allison's just muzzled and chained mm-hmm. in the mental hospital. Arya said she'd be back. <laughs> she won't let me down. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I made a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> you, you brought it up and you made the picture. So I just want you and anyone listening to think about where are all the Pokestops and the gyms in Rosewood? You know, I'd never actually played the game, so I couldn't say. But um, the brew I'm, for sure. I'm sure the brew, um, you know, like in the, the main town square. I mean, mm-hmm. if, because it's in Rosewood, they're all probably in like highly dangerous places to reach, like the bell tower and, you know, the train well, tracks. Mean, talk about like like those kids who like found the dead body thanks to the game. Like mm-hmm. that's that's Rosewood in spades. Yeah, like, like 2016 sh- stand by me there. <laughs> I'm sure Veronica Hastings is like uh, – why are all these fucking kids like strolling through our yard, like looking at their phones? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so at the Radley bar again, Spencer finishes her drink, checks her phone, no notifications. She looks across the bar to reflect herself there, like behind the bar. She's not sure what to do with that lost soul. A different bartender comes over, sets a drink down in front of her and startles her a little bit. And she's like, oh, sorry, I didn't order this. And the bald guy with a beard is like, I know, he did. We pan over to the other end of the bar. Or like which, whip pan over, like which, just a reminder, this bar is like shorter than my couch. And there at the other end of the bar is, I mean, I think social media has already told us, Detective Marco. Yeah, there at the other end of the bar, three feet away, is uh, this Marco bro. Spencer does not know he's a cop, though, but but we do. So, Marco. I think it's supposed to be pronounced Fury, but uh, I keep saying furry. I think it's f- furry. Detective Furry? Yeah. Because if it was Marco Fury, wouldn't it just be F-U-R-Y? I don't know. It's F-U-R-E-Y for some reason. I don't know. They're both pretty ridiculous names. I kind of love it. Um, I can't imagine that you would. (laughs) That is shocking to me. (laughs) Oh, God. I hope this guy is just like reprehensible. (laughs) I'm just glad that he's a sleazebag. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, that shot of Spencer. Is he so far? I mean, other than a sleazy smile? Well, we'll get to that. But uh, that shot of Spencer looking at a reflection there, like if the uh, if they go Spencer is A, this could be like a key episode to rewatch here. You know, all these like supporting shots for like Spencer's like dissociative or Spencer's wigging out, like feeling guilty, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, this dude's just smiling at Spencer. Not a particularly charming smile. It's just kind of like this knowing, like kind of sleazy smile. Yeah. And Spencer, she takes it in, seems to have some kind of effect. 
on her because then she it's like she she sees a potential disaster on the horizon she just can't help steering towards it you know you know people steer their shit towards the sirens for a reason um so in allison's room at welby we see you know allison's back as Arya's like helped her uh, uh tie a new hospital gown on or whatever um yeah, Arya's she like, changed gowns and is putting the old one in a trash bag. And Arya's like, okay. So uh, Arya puts the old clothes in that bag, and Allison goes and lays in the bed and gets comfortable. And then Arya comes around and starts like to strap down one of Allison's wrists again. Arya sits up, or Allison sits up recoiling, and she's like, what are you doing? And it's awkward for a minute, you know, pan over to Sarah Shepard's The Amateurs. No, <laughs> Arya's like, I thought we were, and Allison's like, if you leave me in these, I'll be trapped. <laughs> Arya's like, I know. Uh, but the nurses have to see what he did to you. They have to see that he was a monster. Hashtag, yeah. who is this monster? And then Allison doesn't like it, but it makes sense. So she lays back and resigns sigh. And up to the ceiling in the heavens, she says, hashtag, I married that monster. <laughs> How stupid, stupid am, am I? I? Uh, pretty dumb, Allie. But it's not your fault. We, we blame the writers for that. Uh, and so Arya is strapping Allie in. And she's like, you're not stupid. You were in love. It's just oh, hilarious. Of course, that's how Arya is going to rationalize this. Like She's like, that's how I justify dating my own monster. I think the funny thing is when you think about like Eros and Psyche and you think about Cupid and Cupid's arrow. I think about that all the time. And, and what, like what it's supposed to to bring, this idea of sudden love or whatever. But like I always fascinated that it's still an arrow. You know what I mean? Like it's still like a, a dangerous weapon. Is anyway. this like something you philosophically muse on? Uh, when it concerns Arya? Mm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so she's doing the ankle restraints and Allison's like, and he was in love with Charlotte. That's what the girl at the farm said, right? And Arya's like, uh, yeah, but she, she also carried on a doll with no face. <laughs> so, you know, the defense rest. Yeah. Uh, I guess they filled Allie in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, Arya Charlotte. When they weren't, like, fighting in the car, they were mm-hmm. like, Allison, here's an info dump. Um, so Allison's like, but uh, after all those years that I fought for to be released. <laughs> Allie's been in, like, Welby for four episodes. She's like, guys, what's happening on this show? <laughs> I've missed four episodes of PLL. Fill me in. I don't have time to get to my DVR. Mm. Plus, every time I check, it's just fucking cricket. Um, so after all those years that I thought for her to be released, how could he think I killed her? Arya's like, well, this is awkward because we totally voted on this. So. Well, you see, we took a vote. So Yeah, so yeah. Allison registers that Arya probably thinks that she did kill her sister slash cousin. Which, by the way, had they also filled her in that this might have been your cousin and not your sister? Uh, she should have already known that, I think, from meeting Mary. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Allison's like, that's some real Caleb shit right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya's just like, like, fuck it. I'm right down the gun in the barrel of the gun, especially now that you're tied up. I'll tell you. <laughs> now that I've strapped you in and you can't find back, fight yeah. back, it's uh, time to interrogate you. Yeah. So she's like, did you? Did you kill her? And Allison's face just basically says, like, you cold-blooded bitch. I'm impressed. And she says, Arya says, I have to ask because... Ezra and I thought we saw you that night going to the church. And Allison closes her eyes and sighs. And she says, why do I still think that a lie will sound better than the truth? <laughs> That's deep. She says, I told Charlotte about Elliot and me that night. We argued. She stormed out. I followed her to the church. I swear I didn't kill her. And here's a flashback to prove it. Um, so we flashback to that night from seven or 6-11. We watch uh, in the church as Charlotte's marching up the stairs of the bell tower. Oh, holy shit, it's Vanessa Ray. Thank God. It is so crazy good to see her. It's been way too long. Yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, especially after, yeah, after so long with so little fanfare. 
Well, <sighs> God, we missed you, CC. I mean, like this is, I think, is another issue you can take with six B is that we never had a Charlotte flashback to even remind us of like who the victim is and why we should care. Yeah, you know and how complicated that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like, and this is not enough. <laughs> well, it's I, not enough, but it's like so effective. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they're. Charlotte's pounding up the stairs of the bell tower here at the church, and uh, Allie's rushing after her. And Charlotte says, I told you not to follow me. And Allie says, you can't just wander around in the middle of the night. The terms of your release are very clear. And Charlotte stops on a landing kind of next to the shuttered window where, like, this light's coming in all like, here's girl. Uh, and like, Charlotte says, what do you care what happens to me? You hooked up with my doctor. And she's kind of leaning on a railing, not looking at Allie. And Allie's like, uh, that is not what happened. Please, can we just talk about this at home? And Charlotte's like, no. All those times you came to the hospital, I thought you were there to see me. And Allison's like, I was. We both cared about you. That's what made Elliot and me close. Uh, we didn't do it on purpose. There's just there's a point where we couldn't deny our connection. And Charlotte kind of snaps back at Allie. She's like, I don't want to hear any of this. Just go, please. Just leave me alone. And so Charlotte goes to stare out that uh, hatched window there, and there's this very cool silhouette shot from behind her that reminds me a whole lot of the uh, the mysterious hooded figure who rescues Spencer from Ian. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like a very similar angle and shot there. Like even though she's not wearing a hoodie, she like kind of looks like a. Uh, so well, Allie, which is, which is perfect because that was Allison. Yeah. Yeah. So Allie eventually just leaves, goes back down the stairs, and I mean, like that was like four lines of dialogue from Charlotte, and it's like. Wow, that that's, that makes such a huge impression. Man, I love in this way. But I also have to say, remember that time Arya kicked Charlotte in the face right off of a catwalk, <laughs> and like yes. Charlotte, Charlotte was just like a little bitch, <laughs> <laughs> and Charlotte was like hanging and like, no, save me from falling ten feet. Yeah, um, and I like Vanessa Ray is just really good as Charlotte. Like she manages to convey like a lot of hurt feelings. And yet we know that her and Rollins had the secret thing too that she's not sharing. So even now she's. You know, putting on a performance rally, it's great. I've, the sad thing is there is more to connect the idea that Ren could have anything to do with this shit mm-hmm. and the fact that Charlotte called him while in Welby at some point than any of the stuff earlier in the show to me, honestly. Well, it's- you know, like the fact that she called him like means more to me than the fact that he sat in a hallway and like colored in yeah, yeah. a woman's red jacket. Well, and it just makes you wonder what Charlotte was thinking about this whole time. Like, is she purely mad at Allie or is she also worried because something else is going on? Like, obviously, Rollins didn't fill her in on this. Right. If, if they're supposed to be a thing, then, like, you know, what, you know, she's a calculating person. I don't think she's purely just thinking about the romance right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just a reminder, my last note on Ren, for everyone who's still in the Ren train, he can't spell. Also, he's in adult coloring books. Mm-hmm. Um, so down in the down in the church, you know, still in the flashback, we see Allison come back into the main part of the church from that side door that goes up the belfry. It's dark in there. Um, she's heading down that main aisle through the pews, heading towards the door. There's like a heavily exaggerated sound of wood creaking behind her. She stops, looks it's like back. A, it's like a very loud wooden floorboard creak. Yeah, and then we see like a shadow kind of move by near the door that she just left. We don't really see anyone. Yeah, so uh, she's like, eh, probably nothing. <laughs> probably just the sounds of an old creepy church in Rosewood. Well, it's very, rem- very reminiscent of the night Allie met Mona here, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, which kind of puts Mona in as being a little more suspicious, I think. They slap the fuck out of each other. 
Yeah. Um, so she turns back the door again. Behind her, we see like the side door like slowly closing. My guess would be Charlotte has a predetermined appointment to meet with somebody. Uh, could be. Yeah. And that's like that's part of the need to get Alice and the fuck out of there. It could be. Could be. I mean, you never know with Charlotte what what kind of game she's playing. But I mean, that's, this is that's what I love about her. Even when she's cl- telling you the truth, cards yeah. on the table, you still never know with her. Well, this is some classic PLL shit right here. I mean. Yeah. And it's like, how how can we appreciate a murder mystery if we haven't gotten flashbacks to the night of? And, like, that was what was so great about the original That Night is we got all these different angles on it. You know, this is only the second time we even flashed back to That Night, I think. Yeah. Um, so do you think Allie was stupid to leave here? I saw some people being like, what the fuck, Allie? Like, I, I guess it seems clear Charlotte wants space and Allie kind of owes her it. Well, Like, what else is she going to do? It's an interesting parallel to the Spencer and Caleb scene, too. Yeah, there's that. And, I mean, Allie doesn't know there's, like, a killer after Charlotte or something, so. Right. As far as she knows, this is the happy ending, you know. Eh, not totally happy, but. But, I mean, when her sister is out of the mental hospital, they can start really, like, rebuilding their life together for the first time with no barriers oh, yeah. in between well, them. Well, she, she just thinks that she needs to give Charlotte some space. She doesn't think there's someone with, you know, malevolent intent nearby. Yeah, which um, <laughs> that's on the that's on the tourism website for Rosewood, Allison. Yeah. Also, I just gotta say, Allie's outfit here in the red—it's kind of reminiscent of Redcoat. Uh, and she actually she's dressed like a normal twenty-three-year-old for once. Well, I don't instead think, of like dressed like think, a PTA mom. Even though it's like a windbreaker or whatever it was from Seven Hundred One, putting Allison in a red coat was not mm-hmm. an accident. <laughs> yeah, that's her color. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this show. They know what they're doing. Well, it's just nice to see her in these instead of like her, uh, you know, season six outfits where it's like she's running for head of the PTA or something. I just want to know, what did the PLO prop department want to talk to Toby about so badly? Mm-hmm. So back to Allison's well. I keep room. losing my gun. <laughs> Don't worry, Toby. It's not real. Uh, Aria says, why didn't you tell the police what you saw? And Allison says, I was scared that they wouldn't believe me. They think that I killed her. Why wouldn't they? You did. Well, we and did Ari's vote. like, no, you know, we voted. Uh, Allison says, the hardest part is knowing that I hadn't, if I hadn't left her, she'd still be alive. And Ari says, or you might not be, because <laughs> I would have killed you too. <laughs> and then Aria starts covering Allison with a sheet. Her phone vibrates, so she checks it. It's a text from Hannah that says, where are you? I have the stuff. <laughs> uh, also, she just caught a Pokemon. Uh, and Aria says, I have to go. Hannah's got the drugs. I'll be back as soon as I can. No, I shouldn't say that. Uh, but I mean, I've, I have this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Allison says, you're forgetting something. So later on, when when hopefully Detective Marco like gets their phone records, he mm. drags her in. He's like, Aria, what did Hannah mean when she said, I have the stuff? And Aria's like, uh, home paradise kid. Lots of Pokemons? Mm-hmm. I was doing the pink streaks again. Uh, yeah, Allison says you're forgetting something in the drawer. And she kind of nods over to the nightstand next to her. Arya opens the drawer and, oh, it's that crazy, like, Bane mask muzzle mm-hmm. inside. Arya is just disgusted and turned on by this. Mm-hmm. And Allison says, you said that you want me or you want them to see what kind of person he was. And so Arya picks up the muzzle mask and she's looking at it. She's like, are you sure? And Allison's like, yeah, <sighs> put it on. Peace has cost you your strength. Victory has defeated you. Yeah. 
Arya puts the mask on her and is like, do you feel in charge? Uh, a nice POV angle of like Arya putting the mask over the camera. Well, it's, cool it's, yeah, it's like like Anakin getting the Vader mask on for the <laughs> first time. I, I thought Allison was just going to be like, no! And then like beakers would break. Yeah. Also, this is my question for you. In your notes here, you then wrote, this is des- that's destined for the spank bank for the sure. The Arya spank bank. Okay, I wasn't, I was like, your spank bank? <laughs> No. Did I was you forget to delete this, that when you said I was going to go on this whole riff where Arya, like, as soon as Ezra comes back and he's like, I've got notes for the book. And Arya's mm-hmm. like, I'm into something new, Ezra. And she pulls an identical mask out of her back. <laughs> uh, and then she just leaves him that, leaves him that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, she straps Allie in. We get this close up shot on Allison's face and the mask. Her eyes are wide open and they're burning blue. And then we go back to the Radley lobby. Spencer's getting her stuff. She's about to leave. And it's time for Detective Marco to make his move. Well, like how long, how much time has elapsed? He, he, like, he does the sleazy smile. I figure like 15 minutes. I don't know. It's like, that's awkward. <laughs> Enough time for a drink, I guess. Especially, you know? you're like three seats apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Old habits, old patterns. Uh, so this is when he walks over. And this should be interesting because he's like, hi, I'm Marco. And she's like, ah, I'm leaving. And he's like, well, that's a very unusual name. And she's oh, like, thanks, Dad. She's like, sorry, I don't mean to be rude. I just thank you for the drink. I should just really be getting soon. And she's getting out her card to pay. And he's like, okay, well, soon is soon. Not the same as now, is it? And he sits next to her, being like nonchalant and cocky as he takes a sip of his whiskey, his whiskey in Rosewood. She considers this for a moment, and then she looks up at the ceiling, right at the dome ceiling camera, realizing that this guy makes a great alibi. And she's like, um, yeah, I guess I could stay for a minute. And he's like, good. And then he says to an off-screen bartender, some extra olives for the lady, please. And he knows that Spencer's noticed this. And she's like, he's like, what? I pay attention. He smiles. She smirks. They well, she gives him like the barest of smirks in response because that's like right on the edge of being creepy, you know? I think that this this is like he's past like the first minuscule like barrier. With yeah. Spencer, you know, like – the the devil's in the details, and that's what turns Spencer on. And so he's like, so um, – and she's like, Spencer. He sips his drink. She's about to sip hers. And he's like, Spencer, what are you doing tonight? And then she looks at him, just adoring this moment, this opportunity. And she says – Well, it's an opportunity to be evil and admit it and get away with it. And she says, burying a body. And she keeps a straight face, and he laughs, just thinking she's dry, and she's amused because he liked that. And she sips her drink victoriously. Oh, I love this. It's so fucking brash and risky, um, especially because this guy's a cop and she doesn't know it. Yeah. Um, and it, but it's just so bold, and he's just laughs it off. He goes, who would ever really admit that? You know, it's like obviously he thinks she's just joking. Uh, I mean, this is plain fire self-destructive Spencer but here. This whole setup is so delicious because it's – it's like the adult, pulpy version of Ezria in the yeah. sense that, like, they're adults. He's a cop. She's going to be a murder suspect. Well, this That's is just why, what she does. This is why I think he, he's a little sleazy because I'm pretty sure he knows who she is. And if he's here, he's probably – like, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like this is – it starts out as, like, a job for him. I don't know. Maybe it's – Maybe it is truly, or actually, no, Ezra. I was going to say truly like an Ezra thing, but no, he knew the whole time, that fucker. Um, well, I mean, but, unless uh, yeah, unless he's like brand fucking new somehow. Yeah, unless he just got into town and then it's going to be like, oh, shit, that was awkward. But I, I kind of feel like he knows who she is. 
Well, just the way he's interacting with her. And, and Nicholas Gonzalez, you know, who a lot of people point out, he's on the OC. He's on Flash. He's bringing basically his same cocky character from the Flash. Right oh, is he Cisco's the, brother? He's Cisco's That's where I recognize brother. him from. I hate yeah. that guy. Yeah. Um, he's bringing that same character over, and I think it works. But I feel like in the movie version of this, this is 100% a Michael Douglas character. This is like 1990s Michael Douglas right here. Right yeah, I was going to say like that older. <laughs> right down to the weird raw dogging. Anyway, so uh, back to the Thank woods. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Back to the woods. Ari and Hannah are trekking through the Forbidden Forest, together with flashlights in hand, safety goggles fashionably perched on top of their heads. They're both wearing like heavy work gloves and carrying heavy carrying tanks of gasoline. And, and, and that's that all episode, my fin, fan fiction begins. I mean, well, come and on. And an episode just utterly dominated by these amazing Troy and Belisario scenes and performances. <laughs> I fucking love this scene. Like... <laughs> Come at me and tell me this is not a perfect PLL scene. This is not like an Arya scene for the ages. I mean, you got to balance out the just, you know, self-destructive, you know, diving into an abyss with a little lighthearted trekking through the forest to go this light is, something on fire. This is, yeah, this is the episode of Friends that you might have remembered called the one where they burn a car in the woods <laughs> or try to anyway. Yeah. I mean, the liars are 100% back to doing just batshit crazy things in the middle so, of the night. Aria, Monica, Hannah, Rachel? Oh, God, we've discussed this, haven't we? Haven't we? Isn't Spencer and Monica? Hmm. The one that make Aria. I don't There's know. no Phoebe, right? Phoebe be Hannah. Obviously. Really? Yeah, obviously. I guess I could see that. I, I think that like they kind of shift a little bit. Mm. Although I don't know, Ashley Benson singing "Smelly Cat." Anyway, um, Hannah's like, maybe she's making it up. I mean, it is Allison we're talking about. Besides, we voted. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, no, I'm telling you, I don't think Allison has anything to do with Charlotte getting killed. <laughs> I strapped her down to her bed and interrogated her to make sure. Yeah, and it's like, well, we've been wrong before. So they walk on <laughs> a few times, <laughs> <laughs> walking on, aiming their flashlights around, and Hannah's like. Are you sure we have everything? And Ari's like, yeah, accelerant, lighters, gloves, goggles. I think she's telling the truth. Besides, this isn't the same Allison we knew at 15. This is just like the uh, like the liar, like starter pack. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like for Christmas each year, it's like Spencer gets all of them, like a, an updated version of this go bag or whatever. Accelerant. <laughs> well, like, I really want to push this idea that the liars are at their best when they're doing shit like this together. Like they thought they were better when they'd all moved away from each other and they'd grown up, but like, no, this is what this is where you need to be. This is your true selves here. Well, I mean, we had so talking about the thing where like the skin in the game, we had such tiny aspects of that in 6B, like mm-hmm. Hannah deleting the footage and shit like that. But yeah, it's come to life in this episode. So um Hannah's like, yeah, well, I didn't think I was the same person either, but look where we are. And Ari's like, oh, God, I used to be so scared of her. This one time, she and I wore the same shirt. And I told the scorners I was feeling fluish just so I could go home and change. I love this insight into Ari and Ali's friendship, which we almost never hear about. No, no. Yeah. And Ari says, now Ali is one of the one, or Ali is the one who's scared. She's practically shaking at the hospital. I couldn't even look her in the eyes. I felt too guilty. Hannah, she can never know that we were the ones. And then she gets cut off. But I, I assume it's that we were never the ones who, like, fingered her to A, I guess. I don't know what, what she's going to say there. Yeah. Uh, so Hannah, she gasps. And then she's like, Arya. And Arya's like, yeah. And Hannah's like, we're missing something. And Arya's like, what? And Hannah says, the car. <laughs> and we, like, cut to her shining a light on a blank patch of dirt in front of them. Lucas's car is gone. Uh, and then the camera kind of swoops in on them for a close-up and big dramatic chord on the course. 
uh, takes us to the commercial. Really nailing like the horror tropes here. Well, you know what's missing here in this episode? I guess we should talk about the end, but like, A. Are you really missing it? Like, the fact that they're not getting texts constantly. The only thing you could say that they're missing is the A text at the end. Although there's a, a different development at the end that I think works pretty well. Well, it's like just the old the old like walls pushing on them or what they're all operating out of. Because mm-hmm. it's like they'll talk about AD later, but it's like part of them still thinks that maybe that was Rick. Well, they think it was Rick, yeah. Yeah. So after the commercial – we're back at the Radley Bar. Spencer's laughing and joking with Marco. He's moved closer to her, and they are at least a couple more drinks in. This, the way this is shot, like from the front of the bar, their faces are in shadow, especially Marco's, because guys like Marco shooting the shadows. Mm-hmm. Spencer's like, "No, no, come on, that's an urban legend." He's like, "No way, it happened to my college girlfriend," and she's like, "What? Oh my god, what did she do?" So they both take a sip, and he's like, "Well, she couldn't tell him it was." It, what it was now, or he'd feel stupid. So she picked up the piece of it and ate it. So and what the like, hell are they actually talking about here? Like Jolly Ranchers? Hmm. hmm. They're just, just like, like no, that. no way. And he cut to like Spencer's phone, text from Aria showing the lock screen. I'm done. <laughs> Aria means she's done with this douche. Yeah, and Marco's like, like Lynn was. She was a nice Southern girl, you know. I think Emily posts like a god to her. She even graduated from charm school. And Spencer's like, charm school? That's like a thing. I think suddenly Spencer's like worried that there's another school she should be going to. Yeah, need to get that degree after she's already gotten the Hogwarts degree. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, well, they don't call that anymore. I think it's called finishing school. So we see that Spencer's got her hand on Marco's knee. Um, oh, we see, yeah, like, fiction begins. horny, pissed-off, drunk Spencer is starting to take over here. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. both both laughing a little too nervously here. And then Spencer, uh, she, uh, she kind of, you know, realizes that things are, you know, at a moment. So she's like, uh, well, I think I'm pretty finished. So like, she's kind of pulling back. And Marco's like, yeah? And she's like, check, please, thanks. She pulls up her purse, uh, then he puts his arm out to stop her, and he's like, no, 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 I got this. And Spencer's like, come on, no, 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 this one's on me. I uh, may not have gone to charm school, but wouldn't want you to get the wrong idea. And she tosses a credit card on the bill and kind of smiles at him, and he's playing it coy. So this credit card, a lot the of speculation. Whole, the whole internet's like, was that Rick's card by accident? Because we know that she has his card because that's what she was going to buy the ticket with. Yeah, I mean, the camera lingers on it. I guess it could be. The only other thing I can think is that the camera is lingering on it just to like establish that like she's paying, you know, to to further cement her alibi or something. I don't know. We can't see the name. I looked at it, so maybe it's Rick's card. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Anyway, then Marco is like, "What kind of wrong idea?" And Spencer's face is just like, "Oh shit, we're gonna fuck." And then we cut to these two falling into an elevator. Making out, pulling at each other's clothes. Spencer hits the stop button to kind of lock him into the elevator. They're getting super physical. He appears to pull her panties down, basically. Like, he does that move and she's got her leg wrapped up around them, making some O face. And She really, makes the face that you make in TV when you can't show anything but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, insertion. Uh, here's a detail about Detective Marco, though. Mm-hmm. He starts unbuttoning his own shirt before he ever really reaches for her body. Eh, yeah, what are you He's do? like, I don't work on my core for nothing. Mm-hmm. So weirdly, the music that's playing here, we've heard this song before. Uh, this is the same song that played when the liars first saw that Wilden was dead. And then we cut to Toby outside the burned lodge with the uh, Nigel Wright lighter back in S4E1. 
Uh, this is back when the fire department found the burnt red coat. Mm. Why they're playing the same song here? I don't know. Maybe they just like the song. Like I'm trying to think, like, what could this possibly mean that they're using this music? And I've got nothing. Like I, I just, that's a a lot of different imagery to connect to. Uh, you know, like wild sex in an elevator. We're going falling down some old patterns and burning shit down. So after that part in your your notes, what is the uh, the line you have here? Uh, <laughs> Oh, you don't want to read it yourself? I'm just, I just would like to hear your thoughts on this reflection. Well, so there's some, just some lyrics from the song is playing. It's, you know, the streets of liar. I'm going to lure you into the dark. My cold desire to hear the boom, boom, boom of your heart, you know? Yeah, because that was the one I was The danger is undangerous. Yeah, I know. Anyway, this dude spins around like he's going to go in her poop shoot. And then she gets a look at herself reflected in kind of the faux marble, you know, siding of the elevator here. And it's suddenly like, whoa, this is a bad idea. And she's like, stop, stop, stop. And she kind of pulls away from him, releases the stop button on the elevator. And he's like, what happened? And she's panting, like freaking out. She's like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I just can't do it. And she's like just gasping for oxygen, trying to get a grip on herself. And he's like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And he's buttoning his shirt back up. He hits the lobby button on the elevator. And she's almost like holding her abdomen right now, like she's in pain. Um, Man, a lot to unpack here. Uh, we already talked a little about Marco and just how, like, if he knows who Spencer is and possibly this started out as a job, it seems a little sleazy. Mm. Like, I kind of wonder maybe that's why he offered to pay, like he was going to expense it or something. <sighs> I mean, there's a lot of different narratives you could take. There's the classic Rosewood narrative where, yeah, he knows exactly who she is. Mm-hmm. Plus, how do you not get this in a dossier when you start this police force? Seriously. There's the... um you know, like tomorrow's his first day on the force. And so he doesn't have an apartment. He's like staying at the Radley. There's that mm, okay. idea. Doesn't literally like the only person in the world who doesn't know how suspicious and the long storied history of Spencer Hastings. Um, I don't know. I think what's fascinating is this, is you just know this is going to stir shit up of Toby for sure. But like oh, has to. Spencer just falls ass backwards into one sexy light love triangle after another. Well, I wonder what we would think if we didn't know this guy was a cop, too. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, I, I kind like of we wish, might not be expecting to see this guy again. I wish they hadn't put anything out about yeah. this guy. Well, and this, I mean, Spencer is, uh, this is a, a new dark turn. Uh, but I feel like once again, totally in character. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is certainly a low point. Um, it's not Spencer at her, her, you know, top of her game, but this is not out of the ordinary. I don't think for her. We did learn she's a nymphomaniac. So anyway, Hannah off screen kind of puts a hammer on this scene by saying, "Tell me this is a nightmare." <laughs> and we cut back to Hannah and Ari in the woods, and Hannah's saying, "It's gone." And Ari's like, "No, it, it can't be gone." You must have just be in the wrong place. And she's looking around, pointing her flashlight, and Hannah's just having a freak out. And she's like, no, I remember covering it up and putting it by the tree. Or he's like, the tree, Hannah, look around you. It's all trees. We're in a forest. And it says, no, I put it by this tree because it looked like one of those trees that those, those little men would live in. Or he's like, Hannah, just think, all right, are you sure that we came in from this direction? And he's like, you know, those little men with the, like, the ears and... It's like, we'll be okay. We just, we need to retrace our steps, okay? And Hannah's like, Keebler else. And she gets this like triumphant look on her face for a half second, you know? Like, aha, I remembered, Keebler else. And she's like, oh my God, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Well, it's, it's, it's so sultry serious. 
that you could just joyously pivot into this like hysterically delirious absurdity. Unpack that. Yeah, Han and Arya reverting to type in mm-hmm. a way. Oh, it's delightful. Plus anything where Hannah references like junk food, just like, <laughs> Keep like her else. Br- just brings up the echo of like old Hannah. You know? I just love the flash of smile she is. Yeah, that's uh, perfect. Uh, and Arya's like, it's got to be here. We just hit it really, really well. And Hannah's just like, we lost the car. We lost the damn car. Yeah, we fucked it up. And Arya's just like, nothing is fucked, dude. Like Hannah cars don't just up and drive themselves. Except on this show, I think they do sometimes. Yeah, yeah, uh, they do. Hannah's like, you're right. And then she kind of points a flashlight over at some tire tracks in the dirt nearby. And she says, somebody else drove it. Somebody knows what we did tonight. Uh-oh. So then we go back to the barn. Emily is hurrying up to the kitchen island to put a bag down. She's still kind of half in her work uniform here. She says, like, the suspenders off. Unzips the bag and is looking inside. It's like a bunch of Rick's things. This is, like, the fake bag she packed, I guess, mm-hmm. for the fake trip he's taking. Then her phone rings. It's Spencer. And I like how Emily just immediately answers with, hey, I just left Allison's house with Emily's bag or Elliot's bag. Uh, do we want to burn it or do we want to throw it in a dumpster outside of town, Spencer? Do you even have to ask Spencer whether or not you should burn something? Yeah. So super haggard Spencer answers. She's like, um, I, I can't do my part. I can't I can't even drive. And then it takes a moment to process, maybe a little annoyed, maybe a little concerned. And she's just like, where are you? Um, so this This is fantastic because the nice thing about the multifaceted thing about alcohol is that it makes you feel braver than you are. It greases the wheels. Like it shows us that life can be happy at times. And you know, it just brings you down. Yeah. Especially when it's a pain. But this, it can also show you that your friends are incredibly human and real and frail. Because there's been times when like you and all your friends have a great time getting drunk and then you're all hung over the next day. But there's also those times when like you're the sober one mm-hmm. and you're just watching your friends fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens. That's adult shit right there. So back to the Forbidden Forest. Ari and Hannah are walking back the way they came. And Ari's like, what are we supposed to do now? I want to burn something. And Hannah's like, call him. <laughs> Ari's like, can we just start a forest fire? Like the thing I want to hear Spencer say at some point in the next like 16 episodes is a uh, wicker man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's put this motherfucker in a wicker man. Um so Hannah's like, call Emily and Spencer. We have to pull the plug on this whole plan. And Ari's like, wait, really? Are you sure? I want to burn something. Aria, burn something. No. Hannah's like, well, when someone steals a car that you're about to torch, your cover-up is kind of uncovered. Just then, light blooms in her face as headlights approach from a, or from a car approaching. And Ari's like, it's the car. And Hannah's like, no way. Yes way. <laughs> the car has its windshield all fixed now. I think this is where it really would have benefited if Lucas's car had some sort of like really instantly recognizable quality to it. Yeah. Like it was like a crazy shade of orange or it was like a, <laughs> a weird sports car. Something where it's like you know that that's Lucas's car when you see it. Because it, it, when we see it, it just like looks like headlights and a windshield. You know, it can't. it's like, yeah, sure, that's Lucas's car, you know. Yeah, it's just like another like uh, sedan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they both watch as the car stops in front of them. Big dramatic music is building on the score. Door opens, and who is it? Who 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 else could it be? It's Mona fucking Vanderwall getting out of the car, and she says, "Well, you two sure know how to ruin a surprise." Splash! All hail the queen! And Arya and Hannah—they don't even know how to react to this, but they should be bowing. Yeah. What a glorious return for Mona! It's been like three episodes. Somehow she's like, "I'm back, everyone." 
She's like, I've been off screen being fucking awesome. Yeah. Who else would surprise the liars in the middle of the woods at night? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so after commercial, they've gone back to Lucas's loft here, Arya, Hannah, and Mona. Uh, Arya's kind of like leaning up against the couch. Her arms are crossed. It's almost like she's guarding her tulpa, Hannah, here from Mona, like standing in front of her. Well, Arya's like, you know what we should do? We should question the shit out of Mona. But first, let's drive all the way back to town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so Arya says, so how long have you been following us? And Mona says, I wasn't following you specifically after Hannah was targeted by a, and Arya corrects her a D like with this really bitchy head tilt. Like, uh, you got to respect the new a game. Well, it's like she wants, she wants credit or something. Mm-hmm. Like actually, and, Yeah. And Mona just does not care. She's like Uber, a whatever. Like Mona doesn't give a shit. And, well, she should have looked at the audience and yeah. been like Uber, a whatever. Mm-hmm. And Mona says, I started paying attention. So when I heard Allie had gone full-blown girl interrupted, I got suspicious. And Hannah's like, of Rollins? And Mona says, I started trailing him as a precaution. I put a GPS tracker on his car. So when I saw it drive into the middle of the woods tonight, I decided to check it out. Call it curiosity. And Ari says, you know what that did to the cat, right? And Mona's face is just like, meow, bitch. Like, it's just like this, like, they're so pissy with each other. I love it. That uh, woman. Yeah. I, I think Arya is still probably just pissed that uh, she didn't get to light something on fire. Yeah. Man. So Hannah's like, how did you find Lucas's car? And Mona's like, it wasn't that hard. You didn't exactly do a cracker jab job of racing the tire tracks. And the bloody windshield told me the rest. And Arya's like. <laughs> well, what is Mona thinking? Like, oh, these bitches must have killed someone. God, they're totally going to fuck up the cover up. I'll help out. Yeah. So I was like, so do you make a habit of inserting yourself into other people's homicides or just ours? And what Mona's a great like, line of dialogue. Yeah. Mona's like, torching the car would have been a bonehead move. And Hannah's like, why? It would have gotten rid of blood and fingerprints. And Mona, speaking for all of us, <laughs> what we should be thinking is an abandoned car scorched in the middle of the wood tends to raise some eyebrows. And well, it's, like, it's really a good thing Mona showed up to help. Yeah. Well, how did Spencer not? Did Spencer not know that Hannah was going to get the stuff. Yeah. Um, so Arya's like, okay, where'd you get the windshield fix? So Mona started to get annoyed of having to answer these clowns. And she's like, at a place that won't ask questions and doesn't give answers. I wanted her to turn to Hannah and be like, remember Travis? <laughs> I own him. Uh, no, she's like, more importantly, what'd you do with Rollins' burner phone? And Arya like looks nervously at Hannah and Hannah's like, what? You know, what burner phone? And Mona gives like the deepest of eye rolls and sighs. She's like, the amateurs and then we pan over to a display of sarah shepherd's the amateurs there you go um, <laughs> could this uh secret mechanic be the same one that was working on that lifted bronco that terrorized emily i know everyone is like speculating that now mm. I, I guess it could be you know mm. yeah they look like they don't ask a lot of questions there at that biker bar mm-hmm. slash slash mechanic yeah so uh then we cut to looking through the window into spencer's barn Emily is helping her drunk, wrecked BFF inside here. Sit Spencer down in a chair at the kitchen island. I mean, this is the realest the show has gotten, I feel like. I mean, like, this is this is being drunk in your 23 right here. You know? I mean, the only thing missing is to have Spencer, like, actually, like, have a wastebasket in her face mm-hmm. during this. But, yeah. So, Emily's like, sit down here. And Spencer's like, thanks. His uh, keys. Did you, did you ever do something with them? So, Emily comes over to the sink, gets some water for Spencer. And also, she doesn't have to look at her for a bit. And she says, well, she's uh, pretty I, annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I toss him in the gutter. Spencer takes off a high heel, puts on the island. She's like, and, and our fingerprints, it's on the handles. Did you? And Emily's like, took care of it. 
And so she's like, okay, what about the, and Emily spins around and she's like, how could you do this to yourself? How could you do this to us? This could have ruined everything. And so she's like, I know. And I was like, why would you go and lose control on the one night when you needed it the most? And so all Spencer could do is pant despair and emily looks on as like kind of maternal annoyance and she's well isn't i mean aren't those two things maybe a little connected you know yeah. like i feel like we're we're finally completely seeing spencer break here and it's not from without like when toby centered Radley. like this is within like this is spencer's fault um you know it wasn't like somebody else caused her to have a nervous breakdown here this is her failing completely on her own like she never has before yeah and she's like you know there, there were a few years where I was really felt free. I didn't flinch anymore when I saw anybody wearing a hoodie. When I got a block call on my phone, I, I thought it's over. It's really over, like for real. I took horseback riding lessons. I took a cooking class. I even let friends tag me in photos. Love that line. And now we're just we're right back where we started. It's worse. Now I have an aiding and abetting and a failed relationship to add to the math. And she just kind of buries her head in her arms, slumped over on the counter. Even Emily can't maintain her kind of preachy stance in the face of this. So she pours Spencer some coffee and pushes a mug over. Uh, and Emily's like, here, drink. So Spencer does, like, sign. She's breathing hard. She forces herself to kind of, like, sit up and look at Emily. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I screwed up so badly. And Emily's like, don't worry about it. It's over. If it makes you feel any better, we're all there with you. Right back at the beginning. And Spencer's like, it doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> Emily slides the mug over again. And she's like, drink more. And Spencer's like, no, seriously, if, if I drink anything else, I'm going to be sick. Uh, so Emily just turns away, pour a cup for herself, and just kind of looking out the window. What a great scene. Like, this scene is almost as, as top-notch as the Caleb one, I feel like. Just that monologue from Spencer yeah. about how she thought she was out. And, like, well, I, I just love that line about letting friends tag her in photos. Like, that's the level of paranoia, you know? Yeah, but like, it's funny is that you really feel it in in that paragraph and in the way she delivers it. And yet, in just last week's episode, she said literally, like, we're right back where we started, guys. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just kind of like, whatever, Spencer, it's the chorus, you know. Yeah. But it's like, no, guys, we're right back where we fucking started. Well, and I think it's not just Caleb here. I mean, that's a piece of it. But yeah. I think the bigger part is that Spencer really thought she was free and maybe finally now fully acknowledging that she's not, you know, I mean, she's literally hiding a body um, just mentally. Like she never, she never really fully recovered. I don't think she just moved away mm. and that's just been waiting all this time to catch up with her. Yeah. Uh, of course, the other reading of this is that Spencer is a, and this is all sabotage and manipulation on purpose. Yeah. You so, don't like that theory? Um, it seems the flimsiest to me. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that one theory uh, that somebody uh, posted like a link to on Tumblr on our Twitter, I, I liked it. I, I, I enjoy any long theory that's just like let me pull in from all these crazy different episodes of support. I, I miss that, and I, I'm glad we're getting back to that. I I don't remember the details of it now. Because um, there's the almost like itself, half the details are like totally flimsy, you know. But I, I well, yeah, it's it's you might as well be trying to tie in this to the Illuminati, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the the theory in general from what I remember reading it yesterday, the day before, whatever, was not like terrible. It was just um it came down to like a like a core list of suspects from like three oh one. Like one of them was Ren, and it was like I was like I was like, okay, so the Ren stuff, that's that's the flimsiest to me. Um 
Because I still remember the exact word. Sometimes, you know, it's not even just the details. It's how somebody articulates it. Yeah. And I remember that uh, you had a pretty good tweet a while back about uh, um, a lot of people on like Reddit are still pissed off that some British guy who never even met Allison like, <laughs> didn't set out this year-long plan to like ruin her. And it's like, you know what? That's really true. All Ren wants to do – all he wanted to do was <laughs> like both of these sisters. Well, he just that and just have sex with a teenager. That's all he really wanted to do. <laughs> well, I think the the key to any good theory is you got to tell us a good story with it. You know, I yeah. mean, it's just pile your narrative on top of a super shaky foundation. As long as you intrigue, it's worth a read. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which uh, is probably a good real quick moment just to say hi to Rachel Watkins, who apparently just visited the PLL set. Yeah, it was funny reading her tweets because it was just like, I know that feel. I know that feel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like everybody on the set is so nice and this is amazing. It's like, yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm especially jealous though because she might have gotten a glimpse at the writer's room. Like she has a photo oh, yeah. of the portrait. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so jealous of that. Um, I don't know how you don't take a selfie of yourself with the portrait. I would take so many. I would, yeah, I would be handing have, my phone yeah. to people. Yeah, she probably did. Good for her. I would hand my phone to people and I would like, I'm like, Capture me doing the Toby thing where I stare up at it or I do the thing from Laura. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, we should mention that we're, we're mentioning Rachel because she was the one who had the Charlotte is yeah. uh, a theory. She was she got it well, correct, and, her and her friend Nick. So that's why they're there. And and so many like she's been working hard in the theory mm -hmm. game ever since, too. Um, and I feel like she's my suspect for uh, uh, that's what A said. I, I suspect that as well, yeah. Um, but uh, Fade to Spencer here. She's contemplating a mimosa with uh, pure disgust right now. It's the next morning. They're all having brunch at, uh, with Mona at the Radley here. So presumably this place is, you know, like before Radley, it's at least on the edge of town. So do townies frequent this place constantly? Is it like a – is it just because it's like swanky and it has history? Is it because Hannah can get free shit here? I mean, Emily – you work there. Now you're enjoying brunch there. Uh, it's probably like Hannah gets a discount or something. That's my guess. And maybe Emily does too, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're all at the Radley. Arya says, I know we need a cover, but maybe brunch was a bad idea. Brunch is never a bad idea, Arya. And she's, I love that she's saying this as a waiter's literally like delivering rolls right behind her. Um, <laughs> He's going to walk back up and be like, uh, like uh, hey, Sally. Switch tables with me. I, I will literally give you my tips for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mona, by the way, everyone's having mimosas except for Mona, who's drinking a Bloody Mary like a badass. And so Ari says, what if your mom sees us? And Hannah's like, no, she's in New York this weekend. She <laughs> Out of town being a hotel manager in New York. Yeah. 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 So just like, besides, even if she wasn't, all we're, all we're doing is eating bagels. And Ari's like, and talking about burner phones. The um, horror. Yeah. And talking about burner phones? Uh, yeah, like that's like the worst thing ever. So Spencer sips her mimosa and just kind of sneers. And Emily says, how do we even know a burner phone exists? And Mona says, because I've heard him on it. It's the only time he drops that phony American accent. Which is, I guess Allison would have said he talked to me in a British accent, like, you know, in those bedside vigils. And I, I guess Mona put it together too, yeah. Mm. Um, so Arya, the worst part is that he monologued in British, <laughs> and I couldn't understand him half the time. No, that's Jordan. That's uh, Jordan. So Arya looks up now at the uh, camera mounted in the ceiling, like very concerned. She's like, "Does this record sound?" And Hannah looks at it, and she's like, "No, just visuals." 
Uh, also, Hannah seems to be wearing one of Arya's like leopard print sweaters here. Mm-hmm. That's a good look. Uh, Emily's like, what if we can't find the phone? And Mona says, we have to. I've never heard the other end of his calls. We don't know who he's working with. Spencer's like, guys, I'm sorry. It may be a little slow this morning. But yes, we do. Is there anyone who thinks it's not uh, Mary Drake? And Arya's like, I'm sorry. But are we be, are we comfortable with these visuals? Us together on tape? With Mona? <laughs> being nice to her? Are we cool with this? Uh, yeah, and Mona's like, look, after dealing with A, the only thing we know for sure is that we can never be sure of anything. Because I am literally A. <laughs> So Arya's like, I just think that we should go somewhere. And Hannah's like, Arya, stop. Drink your mimosa. <laughs> so Arya does in the perfectly gifable moment. She just has this hilarious, like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, yes, ma'am. And just drinks her mimosa. So Hannah says to Mona, how do we get the phone? And Mona's like, I can try to ping it, see where it was used last. If we're lucky, it might still be there. So Emily's like, okay, so bottom line, we find the phone, we find Elliot's accomplice. And Spencer's like, guys, it's Mary Drake. Seriously, who else could it possibly be? And because she's challenged the universe there, mm-hmm. lightning strikes, we hear the familiar tap, tap, tap down that heralds a doom known as a gentle thing. We see her cane first. And she starts moving in slow motion, high heels <laughs> in slow motion. That cane just like tap, tap. <laughs> Uh, making her glorious return to Rosewood here. And Hannah, they look up and they see the Jenna thing coming at them. And Hannah's like, holy. And Arya says, shh. She literally shushes. I, first of all, I thought like the Imperial March would be playing when this girl walks mm-hmm. down the, through the haze there. I thought this was going to be the end of the episode. I really thought like, because so much is fucking happening. Yeah, I know. I thought we were just going to get like, boom, executive producer, Mar- Marlene King. But no, there's like a whole other fucking act. <laughs> well, it's just like, they're not just going to have Jenna show up. No, she just has to arrive in like the most awesome way possible, you know? Yeah, yeah. And somehow she navigates like right up to their table, like as terrifying as ever. She, her black glasses are like huge and evil now. Yeah. Uh, she's in like pinstripe pants. Yeah, it's great. But I mean, like the Rod- the Radley Lobby bar has basically become that outside lunch area from Rosewood High yet yeah. again. <laughs> Um, so after the commercial, we're, we come back, same mo. The liars are all at this table staring at Jenna without saying a word. And Jenna's like, Hannah? Hannah Marin? And Hannah's like, yeah, Jenna, it's me. And she's like, I thought I heard your voice. I could have sworn I heard Anita too. I mean, Aria. And Aria's like, <laughs> nope, it was Anita. <laughs> Hi, Jenna. Jenna's like, oh, my God, what are the chances? And Mona's like, we're as surprised as you are. And Jenna's like, Mona, don't tell me you're all here. I knew it'd be strange coming back, but I didn't think I'd be taking a time machine. So she's like, they make those in a four-door now? And Jenna's like, I see you haven't lost your sense of humor, Spencer. And Emily's like, so what brings you back? And I, I like how Emily, they each say something to identify themselves. I wanted Jenna to be like, I'm ignoring you, Emily. No, she's like, mm-hmm. Toby's engagement. A lot of our family came back to celebrate. She says well, a joke. She says that in like a southern accent for some reason. She's like, Toby's engagement. A lot of our family came back to celebrate. Like, it's such a weird, like, I guess it's a joke to her. Um, anyway, Emily says, but you're staying at the Radley? And Janet's like, oh, didn't you hear? My house blew up. <laughs> Again? Uh, hilarious, that reaction. Like, Mona and the liars are all staring at each other, like, scandalized by her flippancy here. Like, oh, my God, you can't just say your house blew up, Jenna. Uh, and Jenna says, I heard that Toby's not the only one with wedding bells in his future. So congratulations, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Hannah's like, thank you. And she kind of gets annoyed. She's like, um, h- how how did you? And Jenna's like, through the grapevine. I mean, like Facebook. 
<laughs> uh, oh, talk about like all of those fuckers that Facebook thinks you should be friends with from high mm-hmm, school. Mm-hmm. Well, Mona's <laughs> just glaring at Jenna right now for making her true love Hannah feel bad. Although I also, also wonder. Also, it's like she's the only one whose eyes truly pierce the veil of the glamour spell that Jenna's casting here, I think. I kind of wonder, too, like, could this all be some sort of setup and Mona and Jenna are working together as they once did in the past? I ship it. Just like, I don't know, Mona's conveniently helpful suddenly in this episode, you know? You never know for sure with her. I I never bought into the idea that Jenna could ever be the ultimate big bad. Well, because she's blind? No, no, because I I think we've seen time and again that that Jenna's thing is that she's like the C-level villain, really. Like, she's been hurt and she wants to strike back a little bit. But, like, she doesn't really wish, like, super malevolent evil upon anyone. She wants direct revenge, usually, not, yeah. not like, a, an elaborate thing. You yeah. know, that's, and that's how she'll feel like she gets her strength back. You know, like, and she and her comment at the end of this scene really hits it home for yeah. me. But well, the fact that she's about- also in 704, <laughs> like, to me, says that she's not going to be, well, like, our big bad. Never know. But uh, something about the way Mona's glaring at Jenna there, it almost, it's like... There could be a hint of recognition, maybe. I don't know. Or romance. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Their most romantic season of oh. Doom. Oh, Mona Jenna, that, I don't, mm, no. Mona I, Hannah, yes. Listen, Mona has, a like, it's not quite like the Troy level, but she has chemistry of everyone, too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's weird. Yeah. I I'm just going to root for Jenna Toby. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bold statement. Yeah. So uh, where were we? Jenna says, well, unfortunately, I have to get going. Tell Allie I hope she feels better. Or maybe I'll go visit her. Return the favor from so long ago. Right there. After running into all of you, I I can't help but feel all nostalgic. Bye. And then she just taps her ass right out of the scene. All the liars just want to throw open their mimosas now. I mean, Jenna might as well have, like, tossed a grenade behind her as she left. Yeah, uh, what yeah. an amazing entrance. Uh, just from her and Mona in this episode. I, I think Maya Goldsmith, she knows which side PLL's bread is buttered on. You know, she's like, we're just going to give you awesome Mona and Jenna. It's going to be amazing. So imagine Mona gets in the elevator. She goes up to her room. She goes tap, tap, taps down to her room. She's like, oh, you know what I need? I need ice. So she tapped down. I mean, Jenna. So what did I say? Mona, I mean, Mona. Jenna, yeah. So Jenna tap, tap, taps to get some ice. And she bumps into someone. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then she's like, that's okay. <laughs> You need help? Uh, the Jenna Sarah team up is just waiting to happen. Oh, that'd be delicious. <laughs> like, what would make that scene so fantastic is because you'd have Jenna being Jenna with the glasses and everything, and you'd have Sarah. And I would totally direct it where, like, Sarah never blinks once. <laughs> Whereas, like, Jenna is dark glasses, like, Sarah is all eyes. <laughs> so uh, eventually, Arya finds her voice and she says, and She eats her glove. Yeah. Yeah. So the day we run in, so the day we run someone over, she comes tapping through town. Arnie's getting some killer lines. Yeah, and it says it's a coincidence. And Spencer's like, "There's no such thing. Coincidences are the devil's way of remaining anonymous." Not shocking. Spencer's getting some great lines. Yeah. Also, <laughs> another thing coincidences are they grow on trees like coconuts, just waiting for you to walk under them. It's another classic Spencer line on coincidences, which he does not believe in the innocence of. No. Uh, so Emily says, I know it might be a little uncomfortable seeing her, but she could just be here for Toby. I know Yvonne's family is in town. 
And Spencer's phone rings, and she looks at it, sees it's from Caleb. Hannah notices this too, and Spencer looks just like she's sick, and she gets up, and she's like, I need to go get some more shoes. So Hannah kind of watches her go. She's concerned. She follows her over to the bar, and Hannah's like, hey. Spencer says, hey, and Hannah's like, are you going to stay mad at me forever? Spencer says, no, but I do need to be mad at you for just a little bit longer. So if you want to be a good friend, then just let me, let me be mad at you. And Hannah nods, very understanding of this. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, I don't know. Spencer's giving her a little bit of shit, but she's, she's going to be cool with it. She says, okay. But she's looking at her. She's yeah. addressing her. Yeah. Well, I think just by Spencer saying, a- acknowledging that there's a, a limit on this, it's like things are not permanently, you know, fucked. Right. There's a, there's a dawn at the end of this darkness. Yeah. And so Hannah looks back at the others and then she turns to Spencer and she says, you should go see him. Let us find the burner phone. Spencer says, but what am I supposed to say when he asked about last night? And it's like, tell him the truth. And Spencer's like, oh, yeah. yeah. The truth seems like a very dangerous prospect to Spencer. And she kind of eyes Hannah warily and she looks back at the other girls and she's like, what about? And Hannah says, maybe they'll mad, be mad at you for a little while, but there are worse things. Go. So Spencer kind of smiles gratefully and she does go, leaving Hannah to make some very mature Hannah face. This is a nice little scene. That was a nice thing for Hannah to say too. I feel like there's a, a double meaning there about uh, they're you know they'll be mad at you for a while, but there are worse things. I feel like that's Hannah telling Spencer that it's okay that she's mad. You know, it's not going to come between them. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to just assume that Spencer has not given them the full account of her uh, drinking adventure. Oh, I'm sure. No, no, no. that won't uh, come up until uh, the detective actually starts investigating them. Yeah. Well, I'm sure this is, I, I feel like this is Hannah saying, I'd rather you were mad at me than you had a heart, a broken heart. Like, I guess that's yeah. what I feel like she's saying. Yeah. Um, so later, we're out in front of the police station. Toby's walking up. He's in uniform. Uh, he's got like got some takeout in his hand. I have been looking forward to this Sausage King meal all day. Is that Sausage King? Let's just assume it is. Okay, fair enough. I would like to hear from somebody. Where does Toby go to lunch in Rosewood? He's there at Sausage King with Magic Mike Montgomery. <laughs> He's just been hiding from Aria this whole time. He's like, yeah, I'm back in town, but don't tell her. Loaded uh, up on carbs when I hit the gym. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he stops short because their Jenna thing is waiting for him on a bench in front of the police station there. And it's uh, we get the classic uh, track to the left shot where it's like we just see Toby and then the camera moot slides over and, oh, there's Jenna in the foreground. I love it. Uh, and so Toby's just like, Jenna, what are you doing here? She's like playing Pokemon. Mm-hmm. She says, I came to say hello. She kind of stands to face him, like very contrite. Uh, and he's like, no, I mean, what are you doing here in Rosewood? And she's like, I came to say hello. Do I have to fucking repeat myself? Did I stutter? Uh, she says, I hear you're engaged. And he's like, does my dad know that you're here? And she's like, no, not yet. But, you know, I like to think of him as my dad, too. Toby just straight up rolls his eyes. He's like, right, yeah, we're all one big happy family. I forgot. And Jenna says, I figured that now you're starting a family of your own. Uh, it would be a good time to make amends, you know, kind of for raping you. And Toby's like, yeah, I seem to re- remember. We tried that about three years ago, and it didn't go so well. And Jenna says, yeah, maybe not. I would really like to try again. Hmm, intrigue. So what happened three years ago? I feel like they got close. They tried to be a family. And then uh, I just wonder, because he's angry. So I just kind of wonder if maybe Jenna made a move. 
you know, that's what I have in my notes. I think she drunkenly tried to hook up with Toby after she found out that Spencer dumped him. And, uh, you know, bad timing, as they say. Yeah, I wonder. I <laughs> oh, wonder. my God, Jenna, you're horrible. Um, but the thing about Jenna, too, is that we've seen, like, Spencer's actually talked to people who knew her. There's people out in the world who find her charming. They love her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like somehow, just through her her strength of character or what have you, she took, like, uh, one of Allison's spies and turned it into, like, not only her spy, but, like, also, like, her romantic partner. Well, that was um, what bugged Allie so much about Jenna, was that Jenna was like, no, I'm going to, I don't need you. I'm going to be my own person and yeah. have friends myself. Yeah, and people are going to. And Allie's just like, how dare you? Like, yeah. Well, and people out there who, like, just admire the fuck out of Jenna's strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like because she has all that, she doesn't need the A game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she just wants revenge. Yeah, yeah, like direct revenge, and then she just wants what everyone else wants. Be fucking happy. And Toblerone. And, well, yeah. And maybe <laughs> maybe her vision back, too. But Yeah. You know. So uh, then later, Mona's hacking away on her computer at Lucas's loft, but she's hitting a snag. She's like, I can't do it. And hands behind her. She's like, what do you mean? And Mona says, it's not possible. I can hack into each cell tower's database. But unless I know the number, I, and then hand just cuts her off. She's like, you don't have to explain. I won't understand it anyway. So she she walks away dejected. Mona turns back to her like, bum. But also, I wonder if she's bummed because this didn't work. But also because, Hannah, you have to believe in yourself. Maybe you would understand my sexy techno jargon. Um, Mona's like, I'm sorry. I really wanted to help you. And Hannah's like, no, you have a lot. These last couple of days have been, Spencer was right. There was a time to stop if I hadn't gotten the pedals mixed up. And Mona's like, no, look, you got confused. It could happen to anyone. It's happened to all of us. We've all hit and run somebody. Oh, like how she's almost coaching her on her alibi here. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she's done at least one time before. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Hannah's like, I keep telling myself that it was an accident, a horrible accident. But when I saw Rollins, I just, I remember being in a cold, dark room. So was I confused or was I the least confused I've ever been in my life? And she's like sniffling. She's wiping tears. Ashley also, Benson's just killing it here. Also, Mona knows all about wanting to murder someone. I kind of wanted like as as Ashley Benson's like emoting and doing that moment. I wanted Mona to like reach behind the uh, couch and like bring out like the lit candle, like welcome to the murder club cake. And then be like, <laughs> oh, wrong time. Put that back. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking her describing those flashing back to being in the cold, dark room in the previous episode, we had a few flashes of that. Like when she sees the cattle prod, I wonder if maybe they should have edited in a little bit of that to the car accident at the end. Like just to show that Hannah suddenly like spaced out and didn't break in time or something like that. Like, I I think think that, I think that would help the, uh, the first degree murder business there a little, you know, like make it seem more culpable. Cause I think that's what they want us to gather now is that, Hannah kind of feels like she did it on purpose, which is why they're covering it up instead of going to the cops. I think it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. I think the idea that Hannah can can feel the guilt and cast her own doubt, I think it's better that we don't see the flashes. Because then you could definitely say that Hannah basically had PTSD and that's what caused this. Well, I guess I I feel like maybe they could have – I mean I understand it's hard to do a stunt like that. We know with the budget they have. But they could have made it look a little bit more like she break too late, I guess. So, well, she definitely hit the brakes, and it was definitely too late. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the way they did it. It seemed it seemed much more like an accident than anything she'd be culpable for. But I guess they want us to feel like maybe she could have stopped sooner. I mean, like if they called the police in, <laughs> mm-hmm. like they would have seen that she hit the brakes. 
Yeah, like, but they could have seen that she hit them too late or something like that, though. You know, I don't know. Uh, uh, anyway, Mona knows what it's about, like murdering someone. Uh, she looks down. She sees Hannah's hand, and she kind of notes the ring's absence there. And she says, is that part of the confusion, too? And Hannah's like, what do you mean? Still playing dumb. And Mona's like, Han, we used to spend weekends browsing the Tiffany catalog. You think I don't know a fake diamond when I see one? I mean, of course, Mona's going to keep tabs on Hannah's relationship here. I don't know why, but when I was going through the notes here, getting ready for this, for some reason, I just started like humming that Deep Blue Something song just because of the mention of Tiffany's. Okay. Yeah. Which, you know, in a way, okay. ties back to PLL. Live your best life. Her. Yeah, yeah. The struggle is real. So uh, Hannah sighs, you know, because the jig is up. She goes back to the coffee table and sits down. She's like, Jordan and I broke up, but I'm not telling anyone yet. Spencer and Caleb are going through some stuff. And Mona's like, and you don't want to be a factor. And she comes over to sit next to Hannah's side. And she's like, that's noble, but you can't hide this forever. At some point, people are going to expect, you know, a wedding. So I guess we will just have to marry each other now to, you know, make it make it work. And uh, Hannah kind of looks down at her hand. And then she clutches her wrist, alarmed. She's like, oh, my God, my bracelet. I, I had a gold chain bracelet on, and now it's not here. And Mona's like, well, when did you last have it, have it on last? Uh, and for a second, I thought this was going to be like it fell off when they were burying Rick. <laughs> they were going to have to go dig him up. Not incriminating like, I, enough. I really thought that's where they're going with this. But no, Hannah says, last night in Rollins' car. And Mona's like, you're joking, right? And uh, she kind of like stands up and Hannah says, oh, God, why? Why is this happening? If they find my bracelet in Rollins' car. And Mona's like, they're not going to. And she says it in this just like Empress of the Galaxy voice. Like, you know, she means it. Like, she will protect you, Hannah. So after commercial, Ari and Emily strolling into the Welby as they do. Uh, where there are into the Welby. You're already waiting for it to become its own hotel bar. Yeah, there are no locks on the doors. All the doors are propped open. And at least saying, this is the lost cause. They're never going to let us in to see her. And Ari's like, probably not. But as long as they told her we, that we came, we don't want Allison to think that we're abandoning her. Ari's like, actually, I prefer they just told her that we stopped mm-hmm. by so I can get the credit. Exactly. And then they freeze and duck back behind a corner because a bunch of cops and doctors, including Ossifer Toby, are all out in front of the uh, like reception admitting area there. And Arya turns to Emily, and she's kind of outraged at this development. She's like, he's only been missing for a few hours. Why is the Rosewood PD suddenly so motivated? Also, <laughs> Arya is now wearing like a new white leatherish jacket. Yes, it's kind of the, just, like, you know, taupe. Yeah. It's slightly different than the other two, but... I just love that like Ari went to his store, found a leather jacket that she liked, and she's like, give that to me in every color you have, but only the really weird ones, like yellow. I just love that Ari is just like, Rosewood cops are fucking terrible at their jobs. How the fuck are they already onto us? Yeah, yeah. And then Toby happens to glance over and, and sees the girls and is like, oh no, my day just got worse. He just looks over at them and he's just like, fuck. <laughs> Um, Emily's like, because of me, I asked Toby looking to Rollins, remember? And Ari's like, great. You just sent the police on a manhunt for the guy we just murdered. And she says this incriminating shit as Toby's walking up. <laughs> Emily's like clearing her throat. Like, ah, shut up about murdering someone, Arya. Because uh, Toby's right behind her. But and Arya's he like, hear. I could murder a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Hey, Toby, what's up? <laughs> hey, you better come with me. And Emily's like, Toby, what is going on? Now. 
Well, he has the the like authoritative cop manner down. Mm-hmm. Well, he walks right past them, and they all just stare and look at him like, did, did this bitch just raise his voice at us? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Um, well, I like I like how Toby doesn't even just be like, hey, Lou, I'm going to be back. I have a lead to pursue or whatever. He just walks off. Well, I got a comment. Toby's been wearing like the police jacket more lately. Yeah. I feel like he's doing that so he looks like less of a stripper cop. You know? <laughs> he's like... I'm serious business. I'm doing cop business in the cold weather, so I'm wearing a jacket. This is not a terror away jacket, you know. <laughs> oh shit! Is that a pole? I gotta do my thing. Mm-hmm. What's the charge, officer? Driving without my phone number. Bound chicka bound bound. So we go to Spencer's barn. She comes in, calling Caleb. Caleb, it's no answer. Walking into the main room. Caleb, no answer. Cut to a shot from inside the closet. Spencer opens the doors to reveal a bunch of empty hangers on Caleb's side. Because this is how Caleb breaks up with you. It's the only way he knows how. Jesus. And Spencer just kind of sags. And then over on her bed, there's a framed postcard of that uh, painting of dog that Caleb loved. from. Uh, he got it when they were in Spain with Spencer. It was like the one that was on his wall calendar as a kid. Uh, he left his last print, we found out, with Hannah in New York City. When he broke up with Hannah, and now he leaves a copy to Spencer. Dog of two bones. I really want Caleb to start dating Arya now, just so he can break up with her and do the exact same thing. Again. Like empty closet, photo on the bed. That's how he breaks up with everyone. Do you do you want to see like like the mirrored version, like the dark mirrored version of all these scenes, where like like uh, uh, I try to think how it would go, who would go down? It'd be like uh, <laughs> Caleb. I gave you years to decide if you were still in love with Arya. Look, I know. Oh, God. I'm sorry. They are the League of Ex Boyfriends. <laughs> I gave you years to decide. Turns out you like her. She loves you. And then, so Caleb storms out of Ezra's apartment after Ezra's like, get out! No! And he's like, he's just like sighing. He's punching a wall and he looks over and there's like Toby and like a towel fresh in the shower. And he's like, Let's write a book, bro. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Spencer, she hugs this uh, picture frame close to her and she curls up on her bed because it's over. Kind of messed up for Caleb to just bail. I mean, I guess he just thought it's over. You need space. I mean, he did technically live here, so I don't know. <laughs> and also at the same time, did not. Oh, where did he go the night before? <laughs> it's like, Spencer, I, I understand you're really upset with me, but I kind of need a place to sleep. Oh. It's not the night before the election because he no, slept it's, with Spencer. It's four days later. But the the one night where he like got kicked out of Spencer's and he couldn't get a thing at the Radley. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where no is, room at the inn for boyfriend Jesus. But um, this is a fascinating scene, fascinating episode because I have literally seen it split down the middle. There's a bunch of people who are like, yeah, this is Haleb, you know, even though it's dark. And I've seen a lot of people who are like, oh, shit, it's Caleb's endgame. Like they're totally going to get back together after this. And so I think it's kind of fascinating how people perceive this differently. It seems like they're broken up right now, at least. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think anyone is getting back together with anyone else very soon, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's suddenly going to run to Hannah and they'll be dating in two episodes again. Um, but but it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like uh, – well, right now I would think, if anything, he's still more aligned with Spencer than he would be with Hannah. Um, yeah. But who knows with the PLO proposal coming up? 
Uh, and the death to romance. Um, yeah, so back at Welby, Allison lies awake in, the, in, in her bed in the dark, in the daytime. The door opens and a tall, blurry figure approaches, probably a vampire. Allie blinks, looks over, and then gasps, tries to reach for the call button. She's like, what are you doing here? But Mary Drake is the one who's there, reaches for Allison's hand, pulls it away, caressing it. And she's like, no need to call for the nurse, dear. I'm in charge now. And Allie's like, oh, shit, out of the frying pan, into the fire. And then Mary Drake bears her fangs. <laughs> so I'm in charge now. I mean, that has a lot of different implications. You know, I'm running the A game or I'm your legal guardian or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know. So we go back to Lucas's loft. Spencer has joined Ari and Emily. They're there with Toby for a meetup. Toby's pacing. He's trying to be like very serious police in this scene. And Keegan Allen is just hand acting all over the place. I mean, it's he's just like hand gestures left and right. He's, he's going wild. He's got the authoritative hands on the hips a he's, lot. He's just full on like Hercule Poirot in it here. Like he's cracking yeah. case. Yeah. Little gray cells. Also, I keep my hands on my hips to stop myself from dancing. Um, yeah, he just wants to like flaunt his authority at these ladies. Um, Emily's like, okay, enough of the secrecy already. And Ari's like, yeah, what's going on? And he's like, we should wait for Hannah. And Emily's like, uh, she can't come. She had plans for her mom. And Spencer's like, Toby, what is it? I studied the file you gave me, but I couldn't find a connection between Mary Drake and Elliot Rollins. And Emily's like, okay, so why were cops all over Welby? And then pause for impact. And he says, Elliot Rollins is dead. And the liars have almost no reaction to this at all. It's just like extremely casual indifference, which I think a better cop would have been like, wait, something funny's going on I, right now. I think it's interesting you read it that way. I read it more like they they know they have enough of a poker face to not gasp. Well, no, but they're too casual. That's what I'm saying. Like it, he just said Elliot Rollins is dead. Like your friend's husband is dead. And they're just all like, hmm. Imagine that, you know, like they have no reaction at all, which is what's so suspicious about it. And then he, he like finally like finishes up like the Arrested Development doctor here. And he's like, he's been dead for 15 years. And Ari's just like, wait, what? Did we murder a ghost again? Wait, did you just say that Rick is dead? Oh, look, guys, there's our murder cake club behind the couch here. <laughs> that looks tasty. Is that lemon? And Toby, oh. Toby says, when I ran Elliot Rollins' name through our database, there were inconsistencies, so I looked into it. The real Dr. Elliot Rollins was 72 years old when he died of a stroke. This is where I really wanted Emily to be like, so the guy Allison married is a ghost? And Toby's like, no, Em, it was a fake. And he's like, how is it possible to have sex with a ghost and not know it? What if Esther is a ghost? And he's like, there's no fucking ghost, goddammit. You know, the one that always got me was on True Blood when I got the tears because that's the only like mm -hmm. form of liquid in a sure, vampire's sure. body is, is blood. But like Bill and Sookie had a lot of unprotected sex. Go on. Well, like, you know, Go what's on. the jam in that sandwich? <laughs> Amazingly, True Blood, I don't think ever actually explored that. Thank God. <laughs> Considering they explored everything else, it's almost surprising. Yeah. Anyway, so Emily's like, so the guy Allison married is, and Toby's like, a fraud. He's been using the identity of the deceased Dr. Rollins the whole time he's been working here. And he must have realized that he was close to being found out, too, because he's missing. 
And he's just like pacing back and forth. Like I'm a big boy detective. I'm gesturing my hands all over the place. It's fucking hilarious. I mean, this scene's like a French farce. Like the liars are like trying to figure out whether or not Rollins being a fake is better or worse for them right now. And Toby thinks he's just cracked the case wide open. Well, so I, I would actually shockingly highly praise Keegan's Allen acting here because I think he knows that you can't fully take Toby seriously, mm-hmm, yeah. but I think he also has just made a choice. Also, I've noticed a lot of like comedy podcasts when they talk about shows, they love the comedians love to talk about actors' choices. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the choice he's made here is that Toby has a kind of excitement that just lives in his goddamn hands. <laughs> and so like when he can't like jump up and down, like he just goes like jazz hands. But also he's gonna get that promotion now for sure. He's thinking I'm thinking it's all thanks to Emily. Oh, it's thanks to him literally just looking up a name in a database. You know? But it's like, well, like if Emily hadn't given you this hot lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the hot lead was basically like, this guy's shady. Check him out. Yeah. I literally typed his name into the search field. Toby's uh, like, I will take full credit for this, by the way. So Toby says he didn't show up for work today. He's not answering his phone. He's gone. Unmentioned also, we found Allie strapped to her bed with a Bane mask on. That was kind of weird. <laughs> Maybe that's standard. I don't know. Uh, so Spencer's like, do you know where he is? And Toby's like, not yet, but we will find him. <laughs> it's like a great cut to Ari and Emily's totally unconvinced faces here. And Toby says, I already spoke to my captain. He's making it a top priority. And Emily's like, good. We're right. <laughs> Who are you putting on the case, Toby? Top man. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, I, I should probably go. Um, but in the meantime, please keep all this to yourselves, okay? I really shouldn't have told you any of this. Yeah. Ari's like, we won't say a word. <laughs> the best part of this is that he he totally thinks he's the one providing the intel. And yeah. the girls know exactly where Rick is the whole time because they killed him. Yeah. So he, he puts his jacket on. He leans over to talk to Spencer. And he's like, just be careful. Uh, I don't know what this guy is capable of. And Spencer's nodding very earnestly like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do as you say, Officer Toby. Toby says, I promise you guys won't have to stay quiet for long. The truth will come out. So he leaves and Spencer and the other liars are just contemplating the new shit now. The new shit would come to light. Yeah. I, I mean, is this a net plus or a minus for the liars here? I think this is a plus. Because, I mean, it, him being a fraud, it helps their cover up. It it makes sense now that he's missing, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if the cops dig too deeply, then it's a problem. Yeah. But he's a sleazy guy. He's stolen identity. He's been mm-hmm. like committing fraud. He's been like acting as a doctor for people. I wonder if Spencer did use her, his credit card by mistake to buy drinks. Like, doesn't that just completely fuck them? Like, I don't know how they talk their way out of that other than like just, Spencer's like, I'm a, a kleptomaniac. <laughs> I would come up not. I mean, personally, I would come up with a story that's more along the lines of uh, Emily and I went and confronted him. Something I, I dropped my wallet. He tried to grab. I mean, some some kind of mix up thing earlier. You know, I would do a whole thing like I've I've accidentally had his card for a mm. day or two. I didn't realize it. I don't know. Like, I'd like to think that Spencer could come up with a better plan, but I'm still worried. Of, like, was Spencer the one who signed off on the? You guys should absolutely burn the car. In the woods. <laughs> Maybe Arya called an audible there. Or was Hannah and Arya saying that? And Spencer, like, super dry and sarcastic, was like, yeah, why don't you go burn the car in the woods? And why, Red? 
<laughs> yeah, the the girl in the two thousand dollar dress is going to hold the elevator for the girl. In the- <laughs> yeah, anyway, come um, on. <laughs> and Arya just sees like a hallucination of Pictunia over Spencer's shoulder, just like, do it, Arya. You got to burn that car. And remember, yeah. dance around the flames afterwards. Yeah. So cut to a uh, train station here that looks suspiciously like a hotel in L.A. But there are some train sound effects in the background. So, you know, this is a train well, station. Like, like, shouldn't we know that this is like the root of all evil in the uh, five years forward universe? Because it's the, it's the source of the train sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, this isn't the Rose, or Rosewood uh, train station. I don't know where this is supposed to be, like Philly or Baltimore or like some other city, I'm guessing. Uh, it's, I think it's probably the five years forward Rosewood train station. Mm, that disappoints me. I miss the old train station. Yeah. Some good moments there. Anyway, uh, we pan over just to see like uh, the, the black uh, sedan of Rick's here. And Mona's just like casually slim jimming the lock, mm. just like out in public as Hannah's kind of like standing in the foreground, like kind of waiting nervously. Because, of course, Mona would have a slim jim. Mm-hmm. Side note. Wasn't the uh, old train station also where uh, uh, Clark met with the Karasimi guy after? Uh, no, that was a different after the art set, show. Different set, or no? Oh, same all, same set, different. Isn't that the back of the brew too? Is the old train station? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the same set. It's a different yeah. theoretical okay. location. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Slim Jimin. Yeah, and Mona's just like talking to herself. She's like, "Whose genius idea was it to throw away the key?" I like how she's just saying that to herself, and then she pops the lock open. And we do like a hard cut back to the other girls in the loft. And the camera is kind of like does this cool like swooping track to each of them in turn as they say their lines. And Arya says, we should have told him. We should have told him exactly what happened. And he's like, are you nuts? And Spencer's like, guys, if Rollins isn't Rollins, then who the hell did we just kill? And Arya's like, it was a ghost, Spencer. Weren't you listening to Toby? Uh, So we go back to the train station. Mona's searching in the front seat of the car. Hannah's in the back seat. They really should be wearing gloves for this. But yeah. I guess fingerprints just don't exist in Rosewood. Well, they're t- fucking touching everything. Like, this is really neat. Spencer, like, throwing wet wipes at them. Maybe Mona just burns her fingertips off regularly. So, uh, you know, her, her fingerprints off. So she has Oh, them. don't you absolutely want a scene of Mona doing something? And you're like, oh, fuck, Mona. Are you crazy? You're going to get totally caught. And then later on, she just, like, smiles and pulls off, like, the latex uh, mm-hmm. yeah. fingertip things. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah, Hannah's in the backseat, Mona's searching the front, and Mona's like, all I found is a candy wrapper and a clump of hair. Ew. Are you sure it's in here? And Hannah's like, hey, hand me that lock thingy, will you? So she passes Hannah the Slim Jim. And Mona's like, okay, but Hannah, we have to go, because that train comes before we leave. And Hannah's like, just one minute. She's using the Slim Jim to slip in the crease between the cushions in the backseat. Mona's growing panicked, which is a weird thing for Mona. And she's just like, in two minutes, commuters are going to flood this parking lot, see you stabbing in a seat cushion with a metal hook. So in the backseat, Hannah uses that Slim Jim. She pulls the bracelet out from between the cushions. She smiles, the adorable Hannah smile, and she's like, got it. So they shut the doors, and they're walking off, and they hear a phone ringing. A phone ringing from inside the car. The girls stop. They look back. Also, they were not going to wipe down anything when they walked away. They look back. Mona opens the door, searches inside. She finds a little secret panel underneath the floor mat under the driver's side with a ringing flip phone inside. If there's one thing you want to do with your secret phone you hide in a secret panel in your car, it's leave the ringer on. Yeah, what the fuck, Rick? Unprofessional. Hashtag, uh, what the fuck, Rick? Yeah, so Mona opens up the ringing phone. She doesn't say anything, though. And who's that on the phone? It's fucking Jenna thing. 
Jenna says, hi, Archer. Can you hear me? It's Jenna. Jenna Marshall. Archer. That's his name. Archer. Archer Dunhill. We'll learn. Uh, we learn from the previous and the next episode. Uh, and Jenna is working with him. What the fuck is going on? That's how the episode ends. You know, with a name like Dunhill, I'm like, why doesn't he have like a little bow tie? Well, you know, AD to Archer Dunhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously a misdirect. But uh, yeah, Jenna thing. I, I saw some good theories where like Jenna is working with uh, Rick because she like that's why he's being so mean to Allie is like separate revenge that mm-hmm. Jenna wants on her that like Mary didn't know about. Um what is he just like in the all-purpose revenge game? I don't know. I mean, who the fuck knows who this guy is? He's like, uh, I mean, the, the whole talented Mr. Rollins thing implies he's just like a, a complete fraud, you know? Yeah, like a Tom Ripley thing. Yeah. He's just like, I'm really just in this in the business of finding jilted women and helping them get revenge against mm-hmm. other women. It's exciting. So were Mary and Rick, a emoji, like working for Uber A, like separate? I, I guess he could... Know. You could kind of tie that up if you want. Also, note we we've never seen the text on screen this season. I think they were like, nah. I guess I figured it just didn't look right. I was just a shame. I liked it. I liked but it, it, but I can see why they would want wouldn't want it just because it's like it's not the style of the show, and so it just seems like kind of different well, and jarring. I'm trying to remember at the end of six twenty, the the one they got in front of the Lost Woods in from mm-hmm. AD, the first AD text was that on screen? Pretty sure it was. Yeah. Okay, so if that was on screen, I could see where you could say all of the ones on screen mm-hmm. are just emoji. That'd be one thing. But the fact that the AD one was, like, it would seem weird to me to not do it anymore. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess that they just thought it doesn't fit the style of the show. Like, we like it better the old way. I don't know. I mean, I like that style in general. I could just see how they, they wanted to be more consistent with like the past episodes. Well, and, um, and you know, enough shows have done it now that I feel like it could become a new norm. So it's not like you're ripping off somebody anymore. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, it's just uh, how we do it. So you didn't like the Spencer is secretly evil in a, what do you feel about Mona killed Charlotte? I could see it. Mona, um, it's suspiciously helpful, yeah. I'm I'm pushing my chips in the center of the table that Charlotte's still alive. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the other thing I was thinking. It's like, what a great way to fake your own death than to get people constantly searching for your killer instead of wondering whether or not you're actually dead. Right. I mean, they did see a body and all, but, you know, masks. But also the uh, the shit that makes you, like, like near-death catatonic that Charlotte's yeah. used, so she's in possession of. It's not that I dislike the idea of spencer being evil i just think that even if they intended it like it's it's a misdirect it's it's giles not touching anyone in oh, yeah. seven of buffy you know what i mean yeah it's it's potentially brilliant i just don't i don't see a scenario where like spencer also has a twin sister because again you know, fortunately, we don't know who Allison's grandmother is, so it's not like we have a character who's just like, oh, yeah, that time I accidentally gave birth to two babies and didn't realize it, you know? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's like the Game of Thrones secret Targaryen thing where, like, once there's one secret Targaryen, suddenly anyone can be a secret Targaryen, you know? Like, it just multiplies and spreads. Anyone can have a twin. Anyone can have a secret sibling. Everyone's related to the Dilarentuses, you know, just goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. So that was the episode. That was hitting run, run, run. Uh, a plus episode. Love this episode. Yeah, so much happened. Now they've got a murder hanging over their heads, and I'm sure A is going to know about it. So now, now they've got 
a ton of leverage against them. They're going to be forced to do some terrible shit because A can fuck with them. Mm-hmm. And also, that, that's what Jen we need. is in the mix. Yeah, Jen is back. Mona's around. Noel Khan is coming back. Yes. And Paige. Yeah. And Paige, yeah. At least and all in 7A, I'm yeah. pretty sure Jason was mentioned too, I think. Could be wrong. Maybe that was her 7B, but yeah. He's, he's stuck in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. He's, he's working to get back. He lost so, his passport. Yeah. So next week, along comes Mary and the uh, death to romance. <laughs> so uh, I guess that there's a week off after that. I think I read that. I wasn't sure that was confirmed. I feel like I've read it and then read somebody saying, no, that that's not true. But then I read it again. So I don't, I don't know. But possibly a week off in the future, which boo. But I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was the episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at broswatchpl 2 on Twitter. Our website page is broswatchpl2.com. Uh, in case you didn't listen to it, we did, did just do a uh, interview with the onset dresser for PLL, Mike Malone. That's uh, a fun listen, especially if you're at all a fan of like David Lynch or Soderbergh or just want to know more about you know the technical aspect of PLL. Yeah. Also, got to find a cameo for Mike Malone on PLL. <laughs> Drunk Uncle, yeah. Drunk Uncle. Drunk Uncle. We got a couple of reviews in the U.S. uh, from 30-year-olds watch PLL2 and Kate 2016-2016. Also from the U.K., we got a review from Dolores Hayes. Excellent name. Uh, So thank you for that. Uh, We always appreciate getting reviews in iTunes. We are up to like almost 300 or something in the U.S. It's crazy. Uh, 300 ratings. Anyway... Uh, do you have anything else before we go? No, just uh, as usual. Thank you, everyone. Looking forward to next week's. Yeah, next week. Uh, this is a Norman Buckley episode, right? Yeah, Brian Holdman, Norman Buckley. That should be fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll be back next time for Along Comes Mary. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.